This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome to Super Bowl 54 here in Miami, South Florida. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. And we hit the road for the week. We hit the road all the time, but this one's always a special one as we get set for the 49ers and the Chiefs from Hard Rock Stadium in less than a week now. The teams arrived last night. There will be opening night, which is essentially media day, here tonight at uh, Miami Marlins Ballpark. And festivities throughout the week, including practices and availabilities. We'll hear from all the players uh, regarding Super Bowl 54, Super Bowl Live, Super Bowl yeah. Live, Super Bowl LIV, uh, Super Bowl 54. I think Hope you know your Roman numerals. Uh, that I do not, but I'm going to call it Super Bowl Live the whole time. So we're going to be all good, man. <laughs> well, Olivia Tassily here in yeah. the Action Sports Jacks Department has said it's a Super Bowl Live the entire time. Well, somebody get well. her a T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We might have to do that, uh, no doubt about it. So we'll break down the Super Bowl. Um, already have seen some uh, Jaguars connections here down in South Florida. So we'll talk to some, I think, Jags players. Obviously, we keep an eye on Tony Baselli and the potential for him to be elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is a story we followed now for a handful of years. This could be it. Uh, there's the, I don't know. For me, I feel like this could be it. I think that's a feeling that builds toward the end of the week, and then you just wait for the vote to happen. So there's no way to predict something like this. But I kind of feel like this is it. I feel like this is going to be the year for Tony Baselli. So we'll continue to track that story. The Jaguar great, big number 71. We'll hear from him throughout the week as well. And Leroy Butler from Lee High School, Green Bay Packer, Lambeau Leap. He's a finalist as well. So another Jacksonville guy could get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So obviously a ton of football. We'll get into it. We'll have a bunch of different interviews already scheduled and hopefully more to come with some big names that will roam around uh, the Miami Convention Center, which is where we are located all week. But we know what the big story is, and it's uh, been a sad uh, 24 to 36 hours in the sports world. It's really about 24 hours ago right now when we learned about it. Stuart and I were heading down uh, to South Florida, and right before we left, uh, we got the news like everybody else got the news, and it was a dominating story all day yesterday and continues to be so, and rightfully so, the passing of uh, Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. I mean, what else can you say that everybody hasn't said already? Uh, I think it continues to be a bit of a day of mourning for the sports world. Really, uh, he transcends sports, too, I think, uh, to a degree with what he did in the community and how many lives he impacted. And, and we all learn more and more about Kobe Bryant and how much he did do uh, outside of dribble a basketball, score 81 points in a game, score 60 in his finale, uh, become one of the greats of all time in a Lakers uniform, have two different numbers retired. We knew that part. Uh, we, we cover sports. We're sports fans. I think what you learn a lot of is uh, what he's done off the court uh, with uh, charities or with his involvement, what he's done with life after basketball, and uh, what he's done with uh, a beautiful family as well in terms of being um, a, a better husband along the way for for uh, that growth over yeah. two decades. and. Of course, uh, a, a really good dad, it appears to be, from the outside looking in. I don't know how you characterize that, but that is the word around Kobe Bryant. And we see so many images of him with his family and his daughter, who was a pretty good uh, basketball player herself. So it's a sad story. It is. Uh, and, and I guess now you, you I don't know how you advance a story like this, other than to talk a little bit about legacy and impact and, and everything a, a player like Kobe Bryant means to the entire sports world 
in particular, whether you were touched by him or not. I've heard so many people on ESPN and other outlets talk about how they knew him and how much he impacted them and, and his relationship with them and, and how he made them better even as a reporter if it might have been. Well, that's not where we sit or not where I sit. I, I didn't cover Kobe Bryant. Uh, never had an interaction with Kobe Bryant. But there's no doubt you can see his impact on the sports world, and that's more evident today. Unfortunately, in passing, um, it, it comes to light a lot more. Wow was the only word I could say. It, it, it kind of hits you with a, a pit in your stomach. Um, I didn't grow up the biggest of all Kobe Bryant fans. Uh, sure. That's not my era. Mine was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. It even bypassed my kid a little bit. He's now LeBron James in this era of uh, folks. So he was in between for me, Kobe Bryant, but... I mean, I don't have to be a huge, huge wearing number eight, wearing number 24 to know the impact. What does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, it, it was a, it was kind of a surreal situation because I was sitting on the couch and I was kind of dozing off, man, getting ready to take a nap, actually. And my wife goes, oh, my gosh, Kobe Bryant um, was in a helicopter accident. And I go, what are you talking like, I just, you know, I was in disbelief. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, this is what TMZ was saying. And immediately I thought, well, that's fake. That's not real. And I literally went to sleep. Not thinking anything of it, I woke up probably 45 to an hour uh, later and turned on the TV, and it's everywhere, you know, and it, it was official. And, you know, to, to me, it's like when Prince passed or when David Bowie passed, and I know we don't really want to mix music and sports, but it's like almost like they're they're almost like alien people, yeah. right? Like they're, they're, yeah. they're not even human. Like you think they're going to live on forever just because of whether their work ethic or just their contributions to society. And that's what I held Kobe Bryant to that kind of standard, you know? And, and he was a part of my childhood, obviously. And it was funny because growing up, there was the two sides. There was the side that despised the Lakers, that wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan, and the other side that was absolutely infatuated with Kobe Bryant. And I actually was on the side that couldn't stand the Lakers. And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't stand Kobe Bryant. I thought he was a guy that just shot way too much. And this was like me, you know, in grade school, middle school, growing up. Well, the older I got, the more I started to appreciate, well, this guy's got the work ethic. There's a reason why this guy shoots so much. Do you know why? Because he's earned that opportunity. He's worked hard to get those shots. And it wasn't until I got older where I started having this found respect for Kobe Bryant and the work ethic that he brought to his craft. And then the older I got, the older I got. You know what? I started to become a fan a little bit. So, you know, it, it kind of took me more past my adolescence to actually appreciate the greatness, which was Kobe Bryant. But I think if you go on Facebook, if you go on Twitter right now, and you just see the types of people from all different backgrounds from all different areas just sharing their support for Kobe Bryant it goes to show you just what kind of dude he was yeah we're not going to talk three hours on Kobe Bryant but we'll spend a significant amount of time on on people like this players like this and and Kobe Bryant himself and and what it means again there has been a ton of reaction I think you're right I think there's first this wow are you kidding me like is that really happening and you don't believe it and um it it does feel like there's an immortality to players like that yeah Uh, so it is stunning. I'm still caught up in the whole generational thing with Kobe Bryant because I'm 42. You're 32, so you just shared your side of the story. But, again, I'll say it. I mean, I grew up – I was watching Larry Bird every night, uh, Magic Johnson and and uh, Michael Jordan and those guys, you know, that era of basketball. I, I wasn't watching the NBA every night when it was Kobe Bryant. I wasn't a kid being influenced by a, a, an athlete like I was, Larry Bird or Dan Marino, when I was a kid. So I was kind of like you. 
first of all, he's a Laker. Yeah. I'm a Celtics guy. Exactly. Secondly, you guys don't mess like together. Everybody tried to push Kobe at first of, hey, he's going to be the next Jordan, the next Jordan. You know, we finally have the next, or not finally, but we have an next Jordan. And I was like, stop the car, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. There is no next Michael Jordan. And this era, I was kind of, I, I get defensive of the era of Jordan and Bird and Magic, you know. So I didn't even probably fully appreciate the talent and and everything until it kept going and going. And as he got further along in his career, you could see the impact he made. Heck, we worked with uh, Drew Copley. He was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Sure. And he was of that younger age. And just that was just a handful of years ago. And I'm like, wow. I mean, Kobe Bryant impacted this whole you know, 10-year period of, of fans in the NBA and maybe even beyond that. So uh, it took me even a little bit to understand and comprehend just how uh, impactful, and I think that was even an exclamation point in the last 24 hours of just how much he's impacted the sport and the game. And maybe summing it up uh, of all is Magic Johnson. For Magic Johnson, who pretty much is L.A. Laker royalty, to say he's the greatest Laker of all time, wow. You know, Think yeah. about the Lakers, man. Think about who you think about. I think about Magic Johnson. I think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think about Jerry West. I think about guys like that. And this guy, in Magic Johnson's eyes, was better than all of them. Has two numbers retired there at the Staples Center. Uh, I think they said it on the Grammys last night, the house that Kobe built. Mm-hmm. And it seems a little bit like, really? Really? Sometimes to me, and like you think about it, and you're like, wow, it, it really is. And, of course, it comes on a weekend where LeBron James passed him. I mean, the irony in that um, cannot be lost on, on everybody. And I think we still await to hear from LeBron James uh, on this. I, I think we have heard from so many different athletes, and I don't think, unless that happened in the, in the last hour or so, I don't believe we've heard from LeBron James yet uh, on the well, passing of Kobe Bryant. And, and, and you know, and obviously... Well, we talk about Kobe Bryant, and we celebrate the basketball player as you should because he was so influential. But at the same time, you talk about Kobe Bryant, man, and you look at what happened to him after basketball, right? Like the guy won an Oscar, Brent, for you know, like the best animated short. Yeah, um, I think it was called Dear Basketball. Really if I'm not cool. mistaken. Like the guy was always trying to pursue greatness in other avenues. You know, he he was using his platform to the best of his abilities. You see some guys who have you know great success in the NBA or NFL, and they retire, and it's like, all right. I'm all good. I did what I had to do, and now I'm just going to lay back, have a cigar, and, you know, have a beverage, and we're good to go. And, like, it just seemed like Kobe Bryant never stopped pursuing things, man. And, and I think that that's a very admirable trait, especially to people nowadays, where people are always trying to pursue the next thing, man. And that's what Kobe Bryant tried to do. So, once again, I mean, it's saying, like, yeah, he was out of his prime maybe in basketball, but to me, I mean, he was still in his prime of accomplishing great things. So, I think that's what kind of what's so sad to sit here and talk about him as well, is saying, like, the dude had so much left to accomplish as well. Well, one, uh, I, I didn't watch him every night, night mm-hmm. in, night out. But the finale for him, his final game, that 60-point night, was magical, man. That, wow. was, yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, just the, the display. I mean, you were rooting for him that night. Everybody was rooting for him and the Lakers that night, it felt like. And uh, what a way to go out. And, um, you know, I li- I'm a sucker for a storyline. Yeah. And that was one heck of a storyline with Kobe Bryant in his uh, finale after that illustrious career. You know, you said something, uh, and you know, Stuart and I were talking about this it's been a long time since you can remember a player in sports kind of impacting everyone like this, mm-hmm. right? Every, I mean, tragedies happen, um, and I'm not going to sit here and minimize others and, and gauge which ones are bigger. We have had people pass in sports, 
But this one did feel like to me, and uh, from the outside of it all, and, and the feeling of it all, and, and the fact that sports seemed to stop yesterday, the world almost seemed to stop for a bit in the last 24 hours. It seemed Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Excuse me, and and it's bigger. Yeah. It, it probably and its impact. Well, I mean, not the, again. I, I, that sounds like I'm minimizing something. Else. I'm not going to sit here and say rank people dying. That's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But this is such a global icon. Kobe Bryant is. We can't grasp that. We don't know that. We're we're in the United States. We don't. We're not sitting there in China and, sure. and other places. Um, and how much the NBA is so big over there and so big in other parts of the uh, world. Um, but it had that feel, at least to me personally, of whoa. This just well, a legend just died. Uh, only difference, I guess, is Dale Earnhardt was actually playing his sport or driving in the Daytona yeah. 500. And like you mentioned, like yeah, obviously basketball it is a global scale sport. And I think from especially people in the United States, I mean, they relate their childhoods. I mean, a lot of people my age, Brent, relate their childhoods to Kobe Bryant. You know, like every time you shot a basket, whether it's some some paper in, in school you shoot in the yeah. trash bin, you, you're shouting Kobe. I've heard that a lot today. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, you, you know, know I mean, again, not for me. No, but exactly. But I mean, we grew up, and, and I wasn't even the biggest Kobe fan, but I would still shout Kobe every single time I would shoot something in the trash bin. And I think a lot of kids um, would take note of that as well. It's just... Yeah, it's just it's such a global figure, Brent. Like, like I mentioned, and basketball being the sport where the cameras are always in front of you, you know, um, the, the sound bites are always there. You don't have uh, the pads and the helmet and everything to kind of hide behind. So it just, yeah, I mean, uh, there's not much more I can say with it. It's just the fact that it's it's devastating news, obviously, and I think everyone's affected by it in certain different ways. But um, I think when you know when Michael, I grew up with Michael Jordan as well, you know, and obviously MJ forever will be the goat to me you can't tell me differently i mean i grew up idolizing michael jordan and when it was his time to leave you know there was a little bit of a void i felt like and the question was who was going to take over jordan's role you know who's going to carry the torch and i think in a, of a lot of ways that was kobe bryant you know and eventually it was kobe bryant and then lebron james you kind of pick your sides there but there was for a while where it was just kobe bryant you know and like i said i mean i wasn't the biggest lakers fan obviously i wasn't the biggest kobe fan but i respected the dude because he kind of filled that void of mj when mj was gone all right, uh, well, this story is far from over, but where does it go from here? Is, is it now all about legacy? I mean, there will be some uh, actual reporting on the news of what happened. You, you continue to hear the reports with the NTSB and, and fog in the area, and, and there will be some finalization to that. I think they say a, a first report is usually out in the first 10 days, and then it could take up until a year to figure out exactly what went wrong. But a uh, tragic day yesterday just outside of Los Angeles uh, with the passing of Kobe Bryant. Now what for the sport of basketball? Uh, how do you honor him? How, how will he be remembered? Um, and to me, from a player standpoint, as a 42-year-old who loves sports and has loved sports for a long time, he reminds me of another athlete that we just watched retire recently i'll bring that up uh, coming up we are live at super bowl 54 not done talking about the kobe bryant but situation where does it go from here and what else was his impact other than basketball but how big was his impact in in the sport of basketball we'll hit on that uh plus break down these games we'll get going on how about the pro bowl yesterday jaguars <laughs> show it out oh that yeah was a good day for the jags josh allen's not slowing down for anybody dj Chark, josh allen calais campbell put on a show there in orlando should that game have gone on should other games have gone on 
uh, despite the, the big news of the day on Sunday. We'll talk all about it. Welcome your thoughts as well. Star Star 690 Plus will be giving away a PDQ $50 gift card, a couple of them. And we also have a Rennes pizza party for the big game. I hear Austin's going to deliver the pizza. We'll tell you how you can win. That's coming up in just a little bit. On a Monday, Super Bowl 54 in South Florida. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The fire. He burns so competitively hot. He brought it each and every night um, on both ends of the floor. Not too many guys can, can say that. Anytime he was in the game, he'd, he'd take on the, the, the best player and uh, shut him down for you know, all 48 minutes. And that was one of the more impressive things, I think, throughout this entire career. And then, you know, when he ruptured his Achilles and went to the foul line and made his shots. I mean, that's, that's tough. That's Tiger Woods yesterday after he had a top 10 out at Torrey Pines and found out the news about Kobe Bryant walking off the 18th green. There were some reports at least floating around. I think even CBS may have mentioned it in the broadcast that Joe LaCava, Tiger's caddy, had told him during the round as it had happened. Uh, so there was some thought that he already knew. But it shows you a little bit of kind of how the sports world was impacted with that news. I mean, something many of us didn't even believe. It, it still takes a while for that to sink in when you have that kind of news of devastation uh, with a legendary player and a, a globally iconic uh, person and player in Kobe Bryant. And, you know, I mean, if you think about it, he's in our sports world, we have people like Kobe Bryant, uh, Michael Jordan's, Tiger Woods, Derek Jeter's, those guys that just seem to stand out above the rest of them. You know, you you mentioned music prior. You know, you, you Prince, yep. Michael Jackson, Bowie, you know, David Bowie, Bowie. Yeah. You know, those guys. And, and everything has that. You yeah. know, I mean, go all the way back to the '60s, and obviously the, the president, John F. Kennedy, and uh, you know. So, but there's stuff that just feels different. And those names that I mentioned feel different to people. Impact yeah. everybody, young, old, diehard fan, casual fan, not a fan at all, still impacted. Uh, my mom calls impacted. She never sure. watched Kobe Bryant play. Yeah. My mom texted me, you too, know? right when it happened, yeah. So, and, and get caught up in the coverage, too, and watching and what he's all about and all those different things. And I mentioned a name in there, man. As we welcome everybody back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on the road, South Florida, Super Bowl 54. We'll be here all week long, 3 to 6. Uh, this is kind of the day where everybody gets in, gets situated. We're doing the same thing. Austin Marcel just got here. We got here, uh, Stuart and I, last night. Uh, TV already underway. We'll have all our coverage on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Tonight's opening night. We'll talk about who we want to talk to and, yeah, and, yeah. About and who will be the stars. And, and again, it's worth mentioning, and, and I'm still curious. I don't know. I don't have answers. How much the Kobe Bryant passing yesterday and the news of the last 24 hours will impact this week. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily uh, saying carry a cloud over the week. But it certainly will hang over the week and maybe a way for the NFL and so many stars and big time personalities that will be here in South Florida to celebrate the life, the legacy and the game of uh, Kobe Bryant. But I mentioned the name there, man, Derek Jeter. Yeah. And to me, when you look at what Jeter has done post-career, now part of the Miami Marlins, what he's done with the Players' Tribune, and, and there's probably more I don't even know about. I don't read on Derek Jeter all the time. But there's a... He and Kobe Bryant kind of are similar 
to me what they did post basketball because people have basketball lives and that's okay or sports lives and then they live off that and you can go to appearances and autographs and you can do speaking engagement that's fine but then there is there are others that say man i want to get right back into it. i can't sit here and go to the golf course five days a week i can't go sit there and go to parties and do whatever i want to do and lay on the couch i'm going to get after this thing and uh those guys to me are alike how they started to impact other facets of the world outside of sports that they had impacted for two decades uh, very similar careers in terms of 20 years, very similar of age. And they also, in my opinion, I don't know if this is right or wrong, uh, but to me, there are some athletes that you look at and you just envision them them being 75 years old and you being 75 years old someday down the road because they're similar of age. Mm-hmm. And, and they still look like they could go dunk a basketball and, and score 10 points, or in Tiger Woods' case, it will be go make a birdie at the Masters. And, and you just always, envi- whether he's 40, 50, 80, 100, you always envision some of these athletes doing that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. that's the way I kind of see the Tigers of the world, the Kobe's of the world, and, and the Jeters of the world. I feel like when we're 75 and I'm telling my grandkids stories about covering these guys or watching these guys, that in my mind, they'll always be... 35 or 31 or whatever, and uh, I think he's one of those guys. And I compare him a little bit to Jeter. Uh, Tiger's not post-career yet, so Mm. it's a little bit of a different comparison, and and the road has been so different for Tiger Woods. But Jeter and and Kobe Bryant, to me, uh, seem like they were walking a, a, a similar path of how great their careers were. And by the way, Kobe Bryant, much better player overall in terms of the greats in his sport than Derek Jeter. Yeah, uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt. Of course, he just got in, in, elected, but like Derek Jeter's not considered top five all time in, in baseball. He's mm-hmm. not. Uh, but what they did afterward, uh, I kind of look at him alike. Yeah, you know. And listen, when, when when I tell my son about Kobe Bryant and everything, and I tell my grandkids about Kobe Bryant, obviously you can go on YouTube and you can watch the highlights. You can watch the eighty-one point game. You can watch his final game. You know where he goes, Mamba out. You can do all that stuff. I, I can show you the. Kobe 2 sneakers where right now people want to you know dislike them but at the time man the Kobe 2s were legit I thought they were a great shoe I'm not gonna lie I used to spend my study hall time just browsing through Adidas and looking at Kobe 2s for 45 minutes wasting away my study time wasting away my homework just to see the new Kobe 2s so I'm gonna tell my you know my grandkids and my son about that but also I'm gonna share of how to be a professional and and I guess really just kind of how to approach a new environment. And when I talk about that, it's the fact that keep in mind the guy came right out of high school and you know was drafted by Charlotte, gets traded to L.A. and I think he was kind of met with some animosity a little bit, right? Because he's supposed to be the next big thing and he played with a bunch of old heads who weren't about to have that. You know, they were going to have this young guy come in and take over. And I thought the way Kobe Bryant, I mean, you talk about a guy who made his first all-star team his second year in the NBA. This was a guy who was 18 years, 18 years old playing in the NBA. And I'm going to show my son, I'm going to show my grandkids and like, look it. If you believe in yourself, if you have a chip on your shoulder and, you know, if, if you just go out there every single night and work as hard as you can and not to be outworked, good things can happen to you. And not only did good things happen to Kobe Bryant, great things happened to Kobe Bryant. Now, yes, he he had the skill set, obviously, and the guy was a baller in high school. That's why he got drafted. Don't get me wrong. But I think it was the work ethic. It was was just, you know, his, his, his destiny to be great. And regardless of his teammates cared for him or not, he was going to prove everybody wrong and say, you know what, this is going to be my team, even though I'm 18 years old, check this out, and I'll put the team on my back. And that's exactly what he did. 
I think that's uh, that's a great teaching point for any youngster out there, you know, that may be overwhelmed, maybe going to college or even in high school athletics, it's getting too much. Like, look what Kobe Bryant did. He was 18 years old playing on the biggest stage and dominating. Enough said. Yeah, it, it is incredible, that part of it, right? Uh, it, you almost forget because, in my opinion, at that time, I, was, I wasn't in favor of high school kids going to the pros. Okay. I was like, that's too young, man. Sure. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. Well, and let's be honest, a lot of those stories don't end well. They don't, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of them don't. And people know the Kwame Brown story around here. And the, LeBron, to me, was a little bit different and, and felt like an outlier that I said, all right, this guy's ready to roll. Sure. Because physically, he looked like he already was the part. Kobe Bryant physically didn't look that part. He was kind of a skinny, tall kid. <laughs> At that age, and he didn't, you know, he wasn't a man. Yet, As any kid know? is that age, you know. I mean, there, there's always the outliers. There's the Derrick Henrys. There's yeah, LeBron James. Yeah. But those those guys are few and far between. But then if you look back now and you think of LeBron James and nobody blinks an eye at, that guy didn't go to college and he did. And think about those two players and what they did going from high school, 17 years old, right to the pros. And while some can get lost, doesn't it showcase their greatness, mm-hmm. their smarts, everything about them? Uh, whether they surrounded themselves with great people, who they got advice from, how they handled things. I mean, to me, that is always so, so impressive uh, because you can get lost. That's a young age to be handling a lot of that stuff. And look at their careers. They overcome some stuff, especially Kobe Bryant did uh, in his personal life. And now you fast forward some 25 years, and he's not a guy that just transitioned to the NBA like LeBron James. They were stars in the NBA, and now they're doing so much more with it. It's almost like you don't need a college education if you're those guys. That's how brilliant they were, not just with a basketball in their hand, but brilliant upstairs, too, driven upstairs, prioritized upstairs. And when I say upstairs, I mean in their mind, in their head, in places we can't get. It's still the one thing that really fascinates me about sports. And you heard it a lot in the last 24 hours about Kobe Bryant. And I say this about guys like you, guys like that are 1%. I feel like I'm a competitive guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at my wife, and I know she's competitive. She hates to lose in Monopoly. Hall and of Fame Steph, shout out to you. And she played sports. And <laughs> yeah. I always say it. I said, she's more competitive than me, even me. I can tell that. My kids are competitive. I can see that. So in your personal life, you can see some of that, right? Yeah. We all like to compete. It's fun. But, man, it's a different level. It's a different level to get to, to where you are at and, and play in the NFL and, and do this MMA. That's a different level. To get where those guys are, to be the Jeters of the world, the LeBrons of the world, the Tigers of the world, the, the Kobe's of the world, I mean, I can't even get there with the amount of respect I have for that because I don't understand it completely. And like you, you feel like in your own life sometimes, hey, maybe you work harder, you do this, or sure. you'd be willing to do that. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. like nine yeah. out of ten people would say, I'd be willing to work that hard if I could be like Kobe Bryant. You and I'm telling you, you probably you wouldn't. wouldn't. You wouldn't. So, mm-hmm. And you can't even get there. Like I can't get there to tell you that exactly because I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. But the more and more you read about him, the more and more that comes out about him in the last 24 hours, uh, the only thing I can now do is showcase and share all these things that I'm seeing to my kids mm-hmm. and show, hey, you might not be this, but it will show you how work pays off or work how much you have to do to get here. People don't just put you in that spotlight. You work yeah. to get there. And I think Kobe Bryant not only did that, I think people talk about him doing that, but I also believe he has been beautiful over the years in describing how he did it. 
if you look at some of the quotes, if you listen to him in interviews, fantastic uh, in, in terms of how he described where he got almost poetic yeah. uh, to, to, a, to a degree. So uh, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. Well, now, should, they, should they have played the Pro Bowl yesterday? Should they have played NBA games yesterday? I, I, I'll share my thought real quick. Yeah, I thought sure. no. Well, the Pro Bowl was one thing. It kind of had started, so what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I don't know if you stopped that thing. I think people overreacted. Some said you should stop it. I, I, sure. I didn't agree with that. But the basketball games, I thought for sure Adam Silver was going to cancel. And yeah. you know what? I even tweeted it. And, and in hindsight, the way they honored him last night, and Kyrie Irving didn't play, and, and that was okay, too, mm-hmm. uh, that I thought it was pretty special. I thought it was pretty it was, amazing. And, yeah. and so I, I guess now, in hindsight, I think they made the right call, and I don't know how much went into maybe canceling or not, but uh, it was pretty special to see in the last 24 hours the eight-second violations, the 24-second violations, the way mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden was purple and gold, uh, the way the Grammys, uh, you know, uh, celebrated yeah. his, his well, life. Yeah, and, and I was watching wrestling last night, the Royal Rumbles last night. They even celebrated Kobe on there. There was a bunch of Kobe Bryant jerseys. They had a, a nice little, like, you know, and, and I think it was in... M- M- Memorial, yeah, yeah, memorial yeah. of uh, of Kobe Bryant. So even like wrestling was doing their part as well. Yeah. So I I guess it, I, I I'm just gonna be honest and say I thought they should have canceled a lot of the games last yeah. night, the NBA games especially. Sure. And I think well, it worked out that, that they didn't. I thought, kudos to all the players and coaches and everybody that came up with those things mm-hmm. on a very short notice with a heavy heart. Absolutely. You know, and like obviously the Pro Bowl is one thing, right? Because it's football, so it's not the same sport, but it, it is professional sports. And like you said, Brent, they kind of started um, before the, like the official announcement. So I don't blame them for stopping there. And as far as the M- NBA games are concerned. I'm glad that they paid tribute to Kobe, and I'm glad that they played those games. Just from the standpoint of, listen, I I can't imagine being a player in the NBA and, you know, Kobe Bryant passes away and you have to play a game. I mean, I can't imagine what kind of mentality that took to get through that game and try to hold back the tears. I honestly can't imagine that. Because I mean, you, you can see, like, Trey Young, for example, he was very emotional. You saw LeBron James, when he found out, got off the plane, he was emotional. Rightfully so. But I thought that it was a nice gesture, at least for the fans, right? Because the fans that go to those NBA games, obviously they were affected by Kobe Bryant as well. And obviously I'm sure they were devastated, to say the least. And I think like the great thing about sports, Brent, and what we, we get to do sometimes you know, on, on sports radio is we get to kind of take people's minds off things. And uh, granted, with Kobe Bryant, he was a professional basketball player. You go to a professional basketball game. So your mind is on it. But you know what? You're not alone because you're surrounded by fans who also love the game, who paid the ticket to go watch the game play. And I think when you have that, you have people that can kind of, I guess, nurture each other a little bit. You know, I mean, as messed up as it sounds, like, you know, obviously when you go to a funeral, well, you're not going by yourself. You have friends and family there that kind of have your back and they get you through the process. Well, the same thing about basketball games where I think fans could go watch a game, whether it was, you know, watching Trey Young do his thing last night or whoever it was, fans could go watch a basketball game, share the camaraderie, and to me, that probably made the pain a little easier to get through. Yeah, well said. Uh, we're going to talk more about Kobe Bryant throughout the show. We're not going to spend every segment on Kobe Bryant, but if you want to jump in on it, star star 690 or you can hit us up on social media, all the different platforms, and we'll spend more time. I mean, I'm, I'm fine talking about Kobe Bryant. I also know you've been inundated with the Kobe Bryant topic, yeah. and I feel like... Uh, there's still this this sadness around it, which there is. There's still a time of mourning around it for so many. 
but I also think we will get to this. Uh, it's it's this weird mix of celebratory as well. His life, his legacy, uh, what what he was and and has been, and in a bigger picture, what athletes can be. Yeah. In sports. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, down the road. We're going to talk a little football coming up, all right? Get the Jags it. looked good at the Pro Bowl. Does it mean anything? <laughs> and we know this game means everything. Without a uh, doubt. The 49ers and the Chiefs. What does it mean for legacies in this game already? Uh, let's an early look at the game. We'll talk enough about it all week long. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber, Marcel Robinson, all here at Super Bowl 54. At the convention center, this is kind of home base for us all week long in South Florida, right on the doorstep of South Beach. Coos doing all the good work back in the studio. We'll also give away $50 PDQ gift cards coming up at 415 and a special pizza party with Renna's and ESPN 690. Tell you all about it. We need you to get involved, and you need to be creative. It's time to go to work here on ESPN 690. When we come back, we'll talk some football right after this. Nickens with a right hand, no rebound for Lane. Got it. (laughs) And the bench is fired up right now. Oh, that was Austin Lane Saturday night for the Uh Jacksonville Giants scoring Uh a couple points. He actually had four points. Hit me with a Brent. A rebound. Two rebounds. Two rebounds. Did you get credit for a block foul? A block. I'm sorry. Yeah. Block. Block. Oh, yes. The block. You got credit for that. I did. I think that was Slim. Hey, Slim, I think that was yours, man. Seven foot two, Jermaine Bell. Check the box score. Uh, And then a step on the toe. And guy, you hurt a guy. Here's the thing. You basically knocked a guy out. Here's the thing. Do you have to call me Captain Stovetop from now on? (laughs) Look at me. Do you have to call me Captain Stovetop? Do you know why? Dude, the way I stuffed the box score, (laughs) it's absolutely ridiculous. I went to get my credential today, and and then instead of Austin Lane, they had contortionist. I'm like, excuse me, contortionist? I'm like, yeah, we know who you are. You're from Jacksonville. We saw you in the Giants game. The way you can fit yourself in that box score so much in about five minutes, you're, you're the contortionist now. So from now on, I will be referred to as Captain Stovetop, which is cool, or Mr. Contortionist. People looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm talking to you too, sir. You're good. We're good. <laughs> Hey, Kuz, at least we didn't put his credential under T.J. McConnell. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds very, very T.J. McConnell-esque of a box score. Yeah, man, you know what I'm trying to get those uh, hustle plays out there like T.J. McConnell, what can I say? Um, you did well. Thank you. You Did oh. the guy get mad for stepping on your foot? No, he was fine. Someone was talking crap to you a Somebody bit. was talking. So at the end of the game when I had my last bucket... Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> and Marcel reminded me, so we're actually, but before, before we go to the, what happened in the game with the trash talk, speaking of nicknames, I go to the gas station, Marcel and I, we're filling up with gas, I use the bathroom, I walk out, I get the keys, Marcel's paying for gas, and the, the lady working the desk, or the lady working the counter goes, are you friends with him? And Marcel's like, yeah. And what did she, she call me? Tall Jesus, right? So Tall Jesus as well. Tall Jesus. Tall Jesus. I'm not sure because I had my hair braided back or what the deal was, but uh, Tall Jesus also might on, be the, on the menu Might be right the shirt. Now. Very South shirt, right? Florida. Well, yeah, Those I mean, oranges are flowers. These are a little bit of this little citrus flower right there. Brent, not a big deal. <laughs> but uh, getting back to the smack talk real quick. Well, first of all, shout out to Jacksonville Giants for a big win. Um, 
I wish I'd have been a little closer to a game so I didn't have to play so much to tell you the truth because I might have been a little gassed, might have been a little winded. But um, yeah, it's so, amazing how basketball shape is different. Oh, absolutely. I man. mean, you well, train every day. I train fun. every single day. But you know what? I train to take a couple steps forward, take a couple steps backward. I'm not training to handle pick and rolls and get rebounds and stuff like that. That's not my style anymore. But uh, anyway, so I'm out there. And, you know, they try to give me the ball to get the final shot. And I'm like, I'm good. We're up by 30 or whatever. We're dominating. I don't need any, any you know, I don't need any fame or anything like that. I pass the ball back. And the guy covering me was like, oh, man, you should, and I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase here, but so-and-so, you should have shot that. I'm like, all right. So then I ended up posting him back up. I get the ball back. And then, you know, work a little post move, Tim Duncan style, put it up off the glass, get the points. And then I might have had a couple of few choice words to say back to him. Uh, and, that, and then the game, the game was over, and I retired to my respective quarters, out of shape, out of wind, and in need of an Epsom salt bath. Do you have I, the uh, Do you have the audio, the call of that? Oh, by Arley, <laughs> I, d- I do. All right, guy, what you got? Austin Lane, one more chance here. Lane backs his man down into the paint, turn around, off foot. There we go. Austin Lane <laughs> saying, "This is easy." That's not what I said at all. Actually, there's a few more expletives <laughs> involved. So you dropped some. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, I was like, yeah. I mean, See, one, that's something I can't do. If my not? hands were registered weapons, if I was a, an MMA fighter, I probably would have dropped some of that as I drained oh, a three yeah, ball back man. in the day. But that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Giants, they like some of those players, yeah. they were like bowing. They were like, hey, we got Austin at least. If we get in a fight well, or a brawl, we're ready. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a funny story I told you. So literally before the game started, uh, the point guard with the Jets, I forgot yeah, his name. Mickens, sorry. Yeah, Mickens, Mickens. yeah, He's like, hey, man. Here's a signal, and he shows me like, you know, he's putting his hands up. I'm like, what is that for? He's like, if stuff pops off, you you have, you have me for one game. You can go out, you're good. So he's like, if we, if we get in a fight, because like, I guess Mickens is kind of like the aggressive kind of trash uh, yeah. type oh, of yeah. player. So he's like, hey, if it goes down, man, you got my back. I'm like, okay, I guess, man, it's all good. But thankfully, didn't have to use my hands. Didn't, you know, there's a couple of trash talking moments here and there, but uh, thankfully, nothing really escalated. But uh, it, was, it was a great time. But yeah, you know what? They won. Yeah. They're good. They're, yeah, they're great. They're good and a great crowd. Yep. We're gonna, we'll show you. So we'll talk a little bit more about it later because I've got some highlights that we cut. I was like your your <laughs> personal PR man the other day. I appreciate night. it, man. I well, was the honorary captain. And truth be and told, and all I was eating was a lot of lifesavers and candy. I stole yep. all the candy out of the locker that, locker room. That was for my locker, by the way. That, that's fine. I, I gave you that. But here, here's I guess I'm not mad, Brent. A little disappointed though. Is that, you know, we talked about it for the weekend. We talked about how you're going to show up, we're going to go through the layup lines, yeah. throw a couple of alley-oops, and lo and behold, about 20 minutes late through the pregame warm-ups, here comes Brent Martino rocking a pair of jeans yep. and tennis shoes, and I... I checked out. Yeah, you checked out. Well, and by the way, it's not easy. I told you this, though. It's not easy to kind of... You're really just trying to blend in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're definitely... Well, you are not as much, but I definitely feel like an outlier. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't belong on that court. Sure. You looked a little bit more the part, man. Oh, I appreciate that, You were that, banging man. around. You could yeah. rebound. Yeah. Uh, that was good performance. So, But anyway, so I didn't want to go jump in a line and throw a, an alley-oop you. to you. But you did dunk in warm-ups. I, I did dunk in warm-ups. I actually missed an alley-oop as well in warm-ups. That happens. But I get what you're saying, though, because it, it's really an awkward position, right? Yeah. Because you're out there and... It's their job. Well, well, and they know that you're going to get some minutes regardless. <laughs> Because <laughs> right? Coach even tells you, like, you're going to play regardless, so get ready to go. I'm like, okay. 
say. But like, you don't want to take anybody's time away because this is this guy's livelihood. Like, I don't play basketball. Yeah. The last time I touched basketball was a couple years ago. So like, basketball is not my sport anymore. So like, the last thing I wanted to do was come out there, steal somebody's shine that's maybe trying to make a team or trying to do something, you know, to further their career. So it's always that awkward position. But thankfully, at least for my part, all the players are really cool with me and they're celebrate when I made a couple. They of were. They liked you way yeah. more than they liked me. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're cool. I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, all right, more. We'll have some highlights of that coming up a little bit later. Maybe even in the ball and segment mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, all right, here's the thing. We, we're having some fun this week. Yeah, we are. Okay, I, I know everybody's kind of sad. It's people are mourning. We're going to talk more about the Kobe Bryant stuff, but we also got a football game. We're going to talk about the Jags did a nice job in the Pro Bowl yesterday. We're giving away a PDQ fifty dollar gift card in a little bit. That's coming up around four fifteen. Stay tuned for that. But I'm excited about this one too. Our friends at Renda's Pizza want to throw a Renda's Pizza party for the big game on Sunday. So if you're having a party, we've got this huge party pizza that we had at our party a couple weeks ago. And it feeds like 18 people. I have a dessert pizza. Don't worry. We'll take care of that. Or Renda's will take care of that. But it's how we're giving this away that I think could be really fun. We did last year. We did like roses are red, violets are blue. Yes, we did. And we had to do the Jags thing. And we got a lot of good entries. We did. Well, Coos came up with this. You know, Coos, this might be... Top three all time for Coos. This well, was his he's idea. Only, he's probably only had about three ideas, but hey, not, not a big deal. Well, then it's sure definitely top three. Top three. But so here's what you have to do, and you can do this by calling Star Star Six Ninety all week long. We'll announce a winner on Friday, but we need some people to play along. You can do this on social media as well. Tweet at me. Put it on Facebook with ESPN Six Ninety. Tweet at ESPN Six Ninety. We'll find it if you put it in the DMs if you have to. We'll find it, man. <laughs> That's right. But We're the here. easiest way to do it, to be honest, is to call Star Star Six Ninety at any time and leave a message. And what we want you to do is make your own thirty-second commercial for your party on Sunday. You got it. Okay. So like it. your big party you're having, you're making a commercial for your party. But you have to include some key words. Okay. Renna's, yep. ESPN 690, party, and pizza. Maybe we want to repeat those words one more time. Just so basically, Renna's, pizza, party, ESPN 690. Oh. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. Renna's, pizza, party, ESPN 690. Now, there are two words you cannot say because you're not allowed to. Okay. Like we're restricted from doing. So you cannot say Super Bowl. So in your oh, that's a copywritten. You can't do okay. it. Okay. Welcome to the biz. Thirty-second uh, commercial. You can't say Super Bowl, but you have to use Rena's ESPN six ninety party pizza for a commercial for your party coming up on Sunday. And the best one we're gonna pick gets a that wins the grand prize, which is a pizza party, food, and. Austin Lane is going to deliver it on Sunday. Oh, let's on Super go. Bowl Sunday. And guess what? I'm going to have my wife's, you know, uh, she's got a hybrid. So if, you are, if you're in Orange <laughs> Park, Mandarin, St. Augustine, dude, load them up. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm in it to win it. So, so I don't care where you guys are at. I will get to you. All right. So we'll keep uh, helping you out on that. But uh, you can submit them at any time. Go to work. Go to work on uh, that part of it. All right. Real quick on this game. What does it mean legacy-wise for – is there a legacy play in here? I mean, San Francisco is this legendary – Organization, but I don't like Kyle Shanahan's kind of new. Garoppolo's new. I mean, Richard Sherman could be a legacy play for him. It's a young team overall in San Francisco, I feel like. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes could start building his legacy with an early Super Bowl. I think he could become the second youngest quarterback to win one. We already know he's a great player. And then Andy Reid. Andy Reid, to me, has the most to gain of anybody out of this Super Bowl from a legacy standpoint, right or wrong. 
you're absolutely right. And I think you saw it when you saw the Chiefs get off the plane here in Miami. You see what they're rocking? They're rocking those Andy Reid shirts. You know, they, yeah. have, they have the Kansas City logo, and they're rocking the Kansas City shirts. Now, now maybe they're for Miami because obviously Miami's got, you know, that, 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 that kind of that dress shirt type of vibe, that feel. But I think it was more of a nod to Andy Reid. And it's funny because when we talk about the NFL now, it's all about offenses and the offenses and the quarterbacks and all this stuff. And you got your Sean Paytons, you got your Sean McVeighs. But you look at Andy Reid, and this is a guy who's been doing it for a long time now. And he gets notoriety, but not as much as I think he deserves. Because through all the offensive gurus, Andy Reid stood the test of time. And he's still doing the dang thing. And I think from a guy who, you know, he's been close in the big one a little bit. He's been a lot of championship games. Uh, you know, I have some championship games with the Eagles and everything. But has still yet to win the big one as a head coach. Um, I feel like his legacy is definitely, uh, you know, has the most to gain from it for sure. And obviously, I'm a little biased too because I, I played for the gentleman. Yeah. And I know what kind of person he is. And you want to talk about one of the great people of football, man. One of the, you know, when it's such a toxic masculine environment of a football locker room and you know all this macho-ness, which I'm sure still occurs to this day. You got Andy Reid, who's just more of the laid back, let the locker room monitor itself a little bit, and just have fun with it, you know, at the end of the day. And, and that's why I love Andy Reid. I respect Andy Reid so much. And then obviously, like I talked about, his offensive genius, um, it can't go unnoticed. I remember, uh, this show you a little something about Andy Reid. Gus Bradley's first year, they were awful, right? 0-8. Yeah. And I think the first loss was to Kansas City that year. Um uh, I think it was, right? That was like yeah, that twenty-six was to two game or twenty-eight to two game or yep. something like that. Yeah. And uh so somewhere along the way they're 0 and five, 0 and six, 0 and whatever. And I remember asking Gus, like, hey, has anybody kind of reached out to you? Said try to work, offer a little encouragement, those kind of things. And he mentioned Andy Reid. Now it wasn't just after that game, it was like reached out weeks later and still said something to him, you know, to yeah. stay positive, whatever. I don't know the exact conversation, but he said something to him, reached out to a guy who was in his first year as a head coach. They were obviously struggling. They didn't have the horses. That was pretty obvious. And uh, that was Reed. I mean, maybe that's the coaching fraternity, but that was Andy no, Reed in the middle of the season, not in an offseason yeah. doing that. Listen, uh, it's not just the coaching fraternity. I think it's just being an all-around great guy. You know, like there's some good ones out there, and there's some head coaches that I think are just kind of wrapped up in the game, wrapped up in the ego a little bit. It's their way of the highway. And Andy Reid is not one of those individuals. I mean, I think generally he's just a great guy. I remember when I left, he's like, hey, there's anything I can ever do for you, man, or just want to reach out to me, give me an email, give me a call or something. And he doesn't make me. I'm like, I'm on my way out. It's fine, dude. I'll see you around when I see you. <laughs> yeah. But um, he always went above and beyond to make sure everything was great. So, yeah, I think Andy Reid is one of the good ones of the NFL. All right, more on Super Bowl 54, Chiefs and 49ers, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Marcel Robinson, Stuart Weber, all down here in South Florida. Stay with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Star Star 690 if you want to jump in the conversation. One of the last conversations we had, man, he was just, just telling me how much uh, he's seen my, my game progress. Man, just been happy for me. Man, just saying how, how proud he was of me and how um, how he wants me to continue to be a, a role model for for kids growing up. That's Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks, a young superstar in the NBA, talking about Kobe Bryant. And the story there is Gianna, Kobe's daughter, who also died in that helicopter crash on Sunday. I think it, Trey Young was her favorite player. And so they met each other recently and, and obviously had that conversation. She met him. And uh, there were really some great videos and pictures of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. There are some unbelievable tributes on, on social media of people editing video together of similar shots 
of Kobe Bryant and Gianna when she's playing on the court, taking shots like turnaround jumpers from the corner uh, that look exactly the same as, as her dad. Uh, I saw another one today where uh, it's it's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant kind of mashed together, same kind of uh, yeah. I uh, that one. That sequence, you know, really well done and, and uh, just goes to show. I, I heard ESPN folks talking today about how he studied Michael Jordan like all the time, uh, just every little thing, try to mimic Michael Jordan and and see if he could get there and maybe take it to a new level. And you know what? He kind of did, uh, which is which is pretty amazing in terms of getting there. Uh, I don't know if anybody will ever take it to another level than Michael Jordan. So a lot going on with the Kobe Bryant uh, situation. Uh, another thought or two on that in just a moment. I want to set the scene here a little bit. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson. we got the whole crew down here, a couple a couple of us uh, came in yesterday. A couple of us uh, came in this morning. And uh, here we are at Super Bowl 54. Second time we've done this with this big crew. Yeah. Uh, last year was a lot of fun in Atlanta. This year, we, you know, what happens is we get here yesterday, we do a little TV stuff, and we try to get set up. And, and Monday's all about trying to figure out where everything is. And it, it's pretty easy for us. Our hotel is right across the street. Stuart Weber. Phenomenal job. Nicely done, sir. Phenomenal job. Because the media hotel was about 45 minutes away. Oh, no, no. And there are a lack of shuttles, apparently. Yeah. So we hopped on and said, you know what? That's too far away. Let's try to find an Airbnb. We actually saved money. And we literally, like, I took a shower at 235, and I was here at 245. I mean, that's how close we are. Yep. I can't do that, like, at home, from work to home. So this place is unbelievable, and Weber gets all the credit for that. Uh should I give out more credit? Well, I was going to say, are we kind of commercial for Airbnb right now? Because that wouldn't be a bad idea. That either. wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah. Um, so it's Airbnb. Yeah. So uh, that was that was a good find. Yeah. But anyway, like it looks a little. Uh, I'm assuming if you're watching on, on our video feed, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, and please do, you'll see if you look today yeah. how it looks kind of quiet. Yep. And then you'll say Wednesday, and it will build, and it will look busy, and yeah. then Thursday it will be off the charts. So yeah. That's just the way this week goes. And then Friday kind of dies down a little bit. In, in all honesty, we really probably don't need to be here until Wednesday for this side of it. But the way they spread this thing out now, because it's such an event, is tonight's a big night. And, yeah, and we're doing two one-hour specials on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30, Saturday and Sunday. So... We gather a lot of sound and a lot of our local connections. Like you'll hopefully maybe you'll run into Andy Reid. Uh, we'll get to see Chad Henney. We'll see Robert Sala. You know some Jags connections. I have a chit chat with Travis Kelsey. I'm going to owe him an apology. I'm going to come clean about something too as well. <laughs> I hope you can get teammate. near the podium. The problem is you know those guys well, like I'm Reed tall, and Kelsey, man. man. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But but I'm tall. You're going though. with I Marcel. Point me out. Okay, I got Marcel because right. we got the all tall team. Okay, um, that can at least kind of make their <laughs> way through that. First team all tall. I like it, man. Uh, so that that's important. Yeah. But but that's kind of the way it is right now. So if it looks a little bit quiet, uh, in fact, we don't even really work to schedule too many interviews here on Monday, yeah. uh, especially with everything coming off the weekend. But we'll have more interviews build uh, throughout the rest of the week. ESPN personalities, some Jags uh, connections, and hopefully we find some b- big stars. Last year we had uh, Herschel Walker. Yeah. Uh, we had um, Deontay, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, the heavyweight champion of the world right yeah, now. So yeah, so we had uh, a couple of them. Uh, Diamond, Diamond Dallas, Dallas Page. Page, nice job, nice job, Weber. Now. How was Royal Rumble last night? It was fun, man. I actually, won some money off it because, yeah. well, 
So yeah, it was great. No, well, no, that's what you, Brent. This isn't a new thing. It's what you do for the Royal Rumble, oh, yeah, right? Draft kings or something? No, 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 no. So what you do is because there's there's 30 participants, right? So every 90 seconds, somebody comes back down the ramp and it's a new person. So what you do is you get a bunch of your friends together and you pick numbers, you know, and from a hat one to 30, and each number is like you know two to three bucks or five bucks sometimes, and then you buy your numbers. Then whoever lasts the longest, you know, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, whatever number it is, you know, basically. Gets the cash pot, so that's what we did last night. All right, uh, but it was that's a good event. Heard of. It was, a, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I was overall, I was pleasantly surprised. Stewart saw that too, because the WWE's. I mean, Fox has everything oh, yeah. on South Beach, like yeah. everything they do. Daytona, their TV shows, yep. obviously the NFL stuff. I mean, they have it all across the whole strip, and yep. it's pretty well done. Um, and they actually had a very nice tribute to uh, Kobe Bryant as well. Uh, and I think that still probably is up today, but. Uh, but they had the wrestling up there, too, because nice. of obviously the WWE and their, their affiliation with that on Fridays, uh, now on Fox across the nation. Uh, one thought about one other thing about Kobe Bryant, and we will kind of mix this in from time to time, uh, this conversation. It, it's interesting. You said something to me. You said when you heard the news, you kind of gave Ronan a hug. Oh, yeah. And, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really that I see that across social media and, and Twitter and, and all this stuff, and it's fine. I'm not. I'm not it, it's okay. I, I think anything that allows us to reflect sometimes is a good thing, and, and slow down for a moment, hit the pause button, and and think about things because life goes so fast, and and you take everything for granted. You do it whether you want to or not. You take it for granted. So um, I do it. We're all guilty of it, I believe. So that's okay. I, but I don't necessarily react that way um, all the time. But I would say with this, it's very. These things hit home depending on where you're at in your life, and they hit home in different ways. And Kobe Bryant four, was 41 years old. He was with his 13-year-old daughter. I mean, I'm 42 years old. I have 14-year-old twins. I mean, okay, I, I get it, you know. Um, so it makes you sit and think and pause, get a little bit nostalgic, if you will. And I, I also say I think that's good to do that. I almost... I don't know how to tell people this. This is not a preacher way to do this. Um, why don't we do it more? <laughs> you know, yeah. why does it take this kind of stuff? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. To kind of remind us of, of doing those kind of things to slow down, to hit the pause button, to to hug a loved one, all that kind of thing. But you saw a lot, a lot of that yesterday. Um, but you know what? In, in my opinion, that happens every day. I mean, that happens. It might not be a, a famous person, but that stuff happens every day. I mean, Sue and I are driving down, and we drove through two mega. Uh, car crashes on 95, and one we heard that was someone lost their life. So, I mean, it it's just the way it is, and and uh, you know it, you should slow down at times. I guess I guess these things remind us of that. And, yeah. You know, especially well, if you have kids. You know, there's a lot of people that listen right now. They don't have kids. They're just kind of plowing through life right now, trying to find their way. We've all been there too. I mean, it's a totally different thing. But at this stage of it, uh, I can relate to 41 years old and 13 year old daughter yeah. um, being 42 and having a 14 year old daughter and son. You know, that's uh, pretty relatable to me. Well, I think the lessons you take away is obviously, you know, you you tell the ones that you love them, you, you tell them that, but also that you live every day to the best, you know, to, to of your ability, you know, and and you don't. Let days go by because we're only on this uh, crazy place for so long, and you never know when your time is going to come. So it, it's it's about you know slowing down a little bit, being thankful for what you have, but it's also pursuing new things, trying new things, and um, just that's what Kobe Bryant did. You know, I mean, the, the guy, well, like I said, won an Oscar. Not too many people can say that in this world, especially let alone a, a former professional athlete. So um, 
what I took away from it as well is keep pursuing things, keep trying new things, you know, keep keep having that work ethic as well. That's what I think it is too. It comes back to that, right? It's it's maybe that's what I think about is like the message of how do you be great, right? Or how how do you tell your kids that you can be great? Or you know, that's what these. I've never looked at athletes like that so much. I really haven't. But people do. And that's okay. So I've, I have a hard time relating to it from an, an, even an athlete or a person or standpoint. I, I don't. I love Dan Marino as a kid, but I never looked at him like that. I love watching Tiger Woods play, but I don't look at him like that. Yeah. Uh, yet all this stuff does hit home. But some people, I saw so many reactions. Like they, these folks that grew up watching Kobe Bryant were maybe doing what they do because of Kobe Bryant, because they got into watching basketball, because of Kobe Bryant, because they loved basketball, because that they wanted to go write about it or talk about it or, in our profession, be about it. So that's fascinating to me. I mean, like, I don't have that story. That, that's, yeah. that doesn't exist for me. But uh, everybody else has their own story, their own motives and their, and their own uh, inspirations. But there's no doubt this guy uh, touched so many people across the entire globe. And I think we have to remember that, too. This is not just an L.A. thing. This is not just a basketball thing. This is a global thing uh, with Kobe Bryant. And, and, you know, some people might be like, wow, why is this such that big of a deal, like that big? Well, that's why. It's that big uh, when you get to, to that global kind of status. Um, you know what else is big? This game. Uh, and when I asked about legacy, yeah. uh, Eric Locke said, is there an answer other than Andy Reid? Unless Shanahan blows a huge lead again, then that would not be a game, but would be a huge legacy cementer. Uh, I thought about that, too. What kind of you know, legacy for Andy Reid? Kyle Shanahan, does he have so much to gain here? Because of what happened, even though he wasn't the head coach in Atlanta, you know he's he got a like a demon, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got a skeleton. <laughs> Sorry, Marcel, yeah. but that skeleton is big. And what if he loses this one too with a really good football team? What if he gets blown out, or maybe worse, what if they do blow a lead somehow and against <laughs> Kansas City? That's possible. Yeah. So it really can go the other way. I mean, think about the Buffalo Bills and how that narrative was shaped, and, and it kind of sent them into a spiral after the four straight losses uh, for decades. We'll talk more about it. Super Bowl 54, we're live down here in South Beach. We really are. Like, South Beach is, like, right around the corner, you know. Oh, well, good thing I brought my swim trunks. Let's get it. Good. Get your bikinis. Or Speedos or something. We're going to give away a gift card (laughs) to PDQ, not South Beach, next on ESPN 6. Traffic started getting really, really bad, right? And I was sitting in traffic, and I wound up missing, like, a school play because mm-hmm. I was sitting in traffic. And this, this thing just kept out, and I had to figure out a way where I could still train and focus on the craft but still not compromise family time. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I looked into helicopters and be able to get down and back in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when it started. And so my routine was always the same. Waits early in the morning, kids to school fly down, practice like crazy, do my extra work, media, everything I needed to do, fly back, get back in carpool line, pick the kids up. You don't see your right. kids, man, right. you know? So, like, every chance I get to see them and spend time with them, even if it's 20 minutes in the car, like, I want that. That's Kobe Bryant recently talking about why he flew in helicopters around Los Angeles. And I don't know if that's gut-wrenching or I almost feel better about the whole thing, and I don't know how you can feel better about any of this, is the fact that it wasn't this one-off kind of thing. Like, he obviously had flown in the chopper hundreds and hundreds of times, and uh, this just turned into a tragic day. Uh, So, yeah, again, I don't know how to kind of compartmentalize that, but um, that's how he did it. 
And I kind of liked his reasoning for doing it. Uh, made a lot of sense. I'd also heard, I think somebody had told me that because he was so tall, just driving and even regular planes and stuff uh, hurt his back. Or it didn't feel, you know, he's yeah. obviously a tall guy. So, yeah. uh, But I'd heard that, too, but th- th- he just explained it. Um, makes a lot of sense around L.A., and, and uh, it allowed him to be with his family more than uh, he normally would have been. Yeah, you know, and I thought it was an interesting soundbite right there, right, because he talked about, you know, having to be professional and having to work and having that work. I think we've been kind of preaching um, since the show started. But then he also kind of threw in there about how much he cares about his family and how much he wanted to spend time with them. So it was almost about, like, micromanaging his time of trying to be the best in the world at whatever he does and also spending time with his family, which any professional athlete can tell you it's not an easy gig. You know, I mean, it's the, the, there's there's football time, there's basketball time, and you come home and your mind's still on that, even though you try to drop it at the door. And it's just, it's um, you know, it could be a stressful thing. So it was, yeah, it's like he's, it, it's almost kind of like a, kind of like a melancholy, I guess, kind of soundbite from the standpoint of that's why he did the helicopter thing, right? Yeah. It, it, was, it was for the family, it was to spend time with his family, and then obviously we sit here now devastated by the news that just occurred yesterday. I just, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a believer. I don't know where people believe in this stuff or not. I mean, the most dangerous thing still to do is drive today. Yeah. You know, uh, and so I drive a lot, and people drive a lot, and yet we kind of think, whether it's a helicopter or a plane or, or other things, those things are so dangerous when, sure. when, because they're they're so notable when it happens, more so than the 50 million car crashes that happen on a daily basis across the country. Um, so it just it, tragedy's tragedy. Sometimes uh, it it happens and it's um, inexplicable and often uh, doesn't make it make it any better. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jackson, its entirety almost uh, down here at the Super Bowl in Miami, San Francisco, Kansas City. Marcel Robinson, Stuart Weber along the way. We'll be doing some TV uh, here in a little bit as well. And then tonight is opening night. They're they're going to hold it at Marlins Park. Uh, so where the Miami Marlins play, we've seen that in the past, actually, where the Houston Astros play. Uh, they had it there before. Um, actually, that was at the Astrodome. No, it was at the new, it was Minute Maid Park. You're right. Weber Weber remembers. He's yeah. giving me the head nod. Yeah, it was Minute Maid Park. Sharp as a tack. Uh, so uh, Weber. They knocked down the dome, didn't they? The Astrodome. <laughs> so he holds up Sharpies. Uh, very good. Sometimes it would be better if Weber was on camera all the time as he's editing away. Yeah. And meanwhile, back in the studio, it's Coos. And uh, also, John Bachman, we're going to say hello to him in a moment. But before we do that, PDQ is giving away gift cards all week long. And this is a cool deal, $50 gift card. We're going to give one away right now. How about uh, caller number... Let's do eight, man, for the, num- for the Mamba. Let's go. You said it. Yeah. You said it. That's exactly where I was going. Let's get it. Uh, PDQ gift card, caller number 8 362-9901, star star 690 is another way to get in. And uh, PDQ offering buy one, get one free, 25 or 50 tender platters this weekend only. So good on Saturday and Sunday at PDQ locations, chicken tender platters, 25 count or 50 count, buy one, get one free. Pretty good stuff. And... We might be giving you a fifty dollars yeah. gift card yeah. if you call there in caller number eight. Well, well, uh, is lucky too. I was going to say eighty-one to start out with, because like, <laughs> you know for eighty-one points. But then I figured let's make Kuzit's job a little easy, especially on a Monday, and let's go with the Black Mama. I thought you were going to say twenty-four. That's what I thought. 
I was thinking 81. Yeah. Uh, all right, John Bachman, what's up, man? How are you hey, doing? Hey, fellas. Uh, bienvenidos a Miami. How are you guys doing down there? Good. Well, um, and I've had to learn a lot about that. Oh, well, was that? it was. It was. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, welcome to Miami, dude. Yes. Come on, Brent. Where you at, man? Come on, I'm, I, you know. Hey. It's a song. It's a song, well, so he doesn't know. Let's go to the bullpen and bring John Bachman <laughs> here down to Miami, please. I know that song. Oh, do you, though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you guys doing well down there? Job. I will say this. Okay, yeah. a little experience we had. Uh-huh. So we had to get something. Uh, we had to get some new linens in the room. Okay. Uh, where we're at. Uh, why? Um, just we just needed some. So um, I don't know if there's a why, but we just needed some. And so, so <laughs> well, there's always a why. This this. Uh, this <laughs> I just got here, John. Part. I just got here, man. As a so journalist, the best answer is the answer to the why question. <laughs> I, just, I just got down here today, John. So don't ask uh, oh, okay. Me. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, we this gentleman <laughs> oh, comes up and he wow. brings he brings uh, new linens up and, uh-huh. and did you tip him? Well, eventually I did. That was going to be part of the story. But, John, when I say, like, Stuart and I are <laughs> and Stuart is, like, Stuart is, like, working. I think he was working at the time on the com- computer. And this this man, nice man, but he's talking to me in Spanish. Oh, and, no. And I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> no idea. Like, I can't even comprehend what he's saying because I don't know what the conversation would pertain to. Uh, like, it was so I, I can't even like play ball here. Yeah. And Mm-mm. so I can't. It, it's very difficult situation. So uh, you needed little, your kids with you. I, I did, and then so a little bit of time goes by, and I, there's a lull in the conversation. I kind of <laughs> kind of walk away from the conversation a bit. Well, toward the end, he has another conversation, and. At this point, I'm like, I think he might be asking for like a tip. Ah, he finally, <laughs> finally caught on, huh? Like, I think he might be asking for a tip, but I have no idea. And so I ended up giving him a tip anyway. Uh, uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I still, to this, I have no idea if that's what he was asking mm-hmm. me for or not. Mm-hmm. But um, so Dinero, I need uh, yeah. No, the narrow never came that. up. That's right. why. Like it was nothing. He was probably like that. cursing your name. Is what he was probably doing. <laughs> Yeah, and then Stewart, of course, throws in like I couldn't have done this at the end. Gracias. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. From the cheap seats, way do- well done, Stewart. Nice. Uh, From the so, nose. Anyway, wow. I mean, it's a nice man, but that's kind of. Uh, uh, well, you need, need to brush need up to on brush your Spanish. Up. Yeah, it could be a uh, could be a tough week for me. Yeah, in, well, in certain sections. Yep, you, it's easy to do. It's easy to brush up on it now. You can get some basics pretty quickly, I promise. <laughs> and then you submer- you submerge yourself in it in the culture, and you will learn it fast. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're down we're down South Florida, and All as right. you know, um, and the the prevailing story, which is still kind of uh, it's it's strange, you know, because Super Bowl week is the biggest week in sports in our country, and so this is the mecca of it all. Yet uh, it comes with a little bit of pause and, and, and calmness and quietness and, and sadness and mourning, I guess, uh, in the sports world. And you can feel that. No doubt you can feel that here. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to be a little bit melancholy about it, if you will. Um, you know, we like to bring energy to this show. But the bottom line is uh, that, that was big news yesterday. And I know even in our news world, that's how big you know it is. When when in local news, Kobe Bryant is several minutes of the newscast or the A block, as we mm-hmm. would call it. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big story uh, in the news world. Would you have seen? And this obviously nobody sees this coming. That's not what I'm asking. But is 
it's interesting to me because you know you can think of uh, several stars out there who, who would, if they were to pass suddenly in a tragic way like this was, that you would think, oh yeah, that that's all day coverage, you know, no doubt. Michael Jordan, obviously, when uh, Michael Jackson passed, we experienced that. You know, if Michael Jordan were to something like that, but I mean, does does Kobe? Uh, did did Kobe surprise you to some degree with the with the outpouring and the, and the outreach or not? Yeah, it's tough because it sort of surprised me to, a little bit. That's interesting you say that, John. And and I don't know the right way to say it. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the right, right, and all that right, stuff. right. What What's interesting to me, I, I think about it from a couple of different angles. One, just from the broad angle where everybody's thinking of it, and one in our business mm-hmm. uh, as well. And I, I really feel like this is where ESPN is so good. And, and ESPN gets criticized for a lot of things because people criticize everything now. But ESPN, they know their role now is to almost document this stuff. And they they do it really well. If you watch ESPN last night, yesterday, today, they all the stuff they've had on Kobe Bryant, all the, the, the resources to use right now and go back and get with video and, and interviews that they've done over time. I mean, it's really fantastic uh, to celebrate someone like this as life. Mm-hmm. To your point, what I said at the top of the show is Kobe Bryant didn't hit me like that because it was kind of in this void of uh, of my lifetime yeah maybe that's um, what it is for me too you know, with our for age you, for you and me yeah we grew up with bird magic jordan right, right and so if any of this happened to bird magic jordan we would feel it like yes that. yes yeah, for a whole generation really i think more austin's age marcel's age um which is just about a decade younger than us i think this hits them like that would hit us yeah it's a great and point I also think it, it skips to where our kids are at, John, right now. Like, I remember watching with Ty and, and Kaylee that 60-point effort uh, in his finale, Kobe Bryant. But, yeah. Like, Ty is a LeBron guy. You know, Ty is, now watches all the, the current studs, you know, Giannis or, or Harden or, you know, even Dwayne Wade to a degree because he played a little bit more. Uh, a little longer than Kobe Bryant. I don't understand. I don't think Ty gets the greatness of Kobe Bryant. So, from my family's perspective. I miss it a little bit because I was on the front end with the Bird Magic Johnson years, and then on the back end, Ty is more the LeBron kind of era. Mm-hmm. So we missed that whole time where so many kids and so many people were impacted by Kobe Bryant and, and created that legacy. Well, even yeah, but I will so, say, so some, I guess yeah, he deserved, he's earned it. It's just we kind of missed it right. in our yeah. age group. I That's think. true. Although it is interesting because a lot of my daughter's friends are posting things on on social media, and uh, you know. They're the same age as Kaylee, and, and it's it's just interesting that it's resonating with a lot of folks, even well, their age. One other thing, John, about that is because he now has impacted women's sports. Yes. Which is something not a lot of people yes. knew about. That's that absolutely right. he had this right. big of a role because of his daughter. That's absolutely right. He was coaching. There's a there's a young lady, a basketball player at Oregon, who he has huge impact on. Um, and, and women's basketball, WNBA. Soccer of all kinds. I mean, yeah, women's men sports, and women's. He has been a big proponent of. He has yeah. done a lot for, and I think that's been a little bit quiet and under the radar, Austin. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and to prove to get back to the point, John, of like, you know, are you surprised of of how people are responding? Like, kind of Brent attested to a little bit. Like, it, it's probably more for my generation. I've grown up with Kobe Bryant, but it's like I talked about earlier in the show, where you know, if you shot a piece of paper in the wastebasket, you're shouting Kobe, right? Like, it's just there's 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 a few amount of people in this world that can just transcend what they do and i always compare it to musicians right like prince like when john lennon passed away i mean even like david bowie guys that 
they're almost like aliens. They're almost like larger than life kind of guys that you just can't foresee ever, you know, experiencing a bad day. And it was to the point where I told the story when we first started the show today, where my wife told me like TMZ's reporting that Kobe Bryant was in a helicopter crash and he passed away. I'm like, there's no way that's true. Like that's not Kobe Bryant. Like I literally, I, I dismissed it and I told her stop looking at TMZ. It's stupid. And and I, yeah. and I went to sleep. And I woke right. up and then. Uh, you know, an hour later, and it's all over the news. It's just, it's just one of those guys, um, John. That obviously, I mean, he made his fame, he made his notoriety in sports, but it was so much bigger than that. And especially in the sport of basketball, which is a, a global sport, which you know all countries can rally behind. Yeah. Um, t- to me, he's just, you know, he's larger than life, and, and that's why you see it all over social media, and that's why everyone's talking about it. Absolutely, I think the biggest thing is that I just missed that window, and I'm in the minority for sure. I really, I really uh, believe that that's the biggest thing is your to your point it really is so yeah and you know one other thing too i think sometimes age has a little bit to, i mean it just doesn't seem well, real because he's 41 right. and he's a 41 year old man who i think 20 years from now is still going to look like he's 41 yeah you know yeah so it's, yeah. it's not like he's well, limping it looks like he could still dunk right now it looks like he right. could play right now for 10 minutes in a game if he wanted to right all those things so that makes it less Reality. The word there is surreal. I mean, it makes it surreal that it actually happened. And this is a guy we see on TV. To your point, yeah. I mean, we're not. It's not like we see him in a grocery store. Or we'll see him tomorrow. It, we would have, or that, that doesn't hit like that with us. We we see him now at celebrity events, and yeah. and now we'll just always see video and images well, of him. And, and you have to remember, so like I, I grew up around the time of Michael Jordan, and, and that was probably the greatest time to be a basketball fan. And, and I got to experience Michael against the Jazz and all his greatness, and that was fantastic. But you got to remember, people you know that came after me, they didn't have Michael Jordan, right? Like Michael Jordan, you can post on YouTube, you, you wear the shoes, but you didn't get to watch him play. Just like I don't really know a lot about Magic Johnson. Yes, I've seen the highlights, but I didn't grow up around that generation or Larry Bird. So to a lot of kids, Kobe Bryant was the man. He was the Michael Jordan of the time. I think that's why you yep. know there, there, there's such an outcry, um, especially on social media and everything like that, because obviously younger kids are going to be all over that, so... The world does seem to stop, though, uh, when it, uh, a legendary person passes, you know, and, and that's uh, again, especially tragically. You know, uh, I was thinking, John, earlier, you know, we've had people pass. I mean, it was Payne Stewart, uh, mm. you know, yeah. uh, Roy Halladay recently in, in a plane crash, Corey Lytle, I think, over New York. Uh, I mean, we have had this stuff happen, but it hits like a new, it just hits different. Dale Sr., um, Dale Earnhardt Sr., this one uh, from a sports world, but you know, you know it from a music or actor uh, or, or even big politician. It seems like sometimes people are in a different category where the world pauses for 24 to 36 hours, and I feel like that's what we're in right now. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, obviously, we are. I mean, I, everybody is talking about it, and you'll talk about it until it feels right to not talk about it as much. Uh, going forward yeah um well we are going to cover some of that on the news but we have a lot of other stuff to cover coming up on uh, action news jacks at five today we have a couple of really big things i don't know if you've talked about this yet but locally uh donovan darius was pulled over on sunday for dui um i don't know if you guys have talked about that at all but that's a big big deal uh for sports news here um the other story that i'm really i can't wait to hear from these guys uh do you remember oh it's been a while now several months to maybe closer to six to eight months to when those two firefighters were attacked in the ambulance and this was right near the hospital and one of the firefighters was able to um 
stop the attack. It suffered some wounds while they were while he was stopping the attack of his partner in the back of the ambulance. But that partner was really in bad shape. In fact, that firefighter credits his partner with saving his life during this attack. And we've been wanting to talk to these two guys for a long, long time. They're both doing great, and we hear from both of them tonight at five o'clock. It's going to be a fantastic story. I think that's at five thirty, actually. Okay, um, we look forward to that yeah. on uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Can you tell us a little bit more about Donovan Darius? Of course, the Jaguars safety. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was ranked, really... what, 16th of the top 25 Jags recently? Yeah. Um, played for a long time here, has a has a foundation that does a lot of great work. He was pulled over Sunday morning, I believe it was, after a crash um, off a of Kernan, I believe. And he um, he he told officers, according to the report, that he had taken uh, twenty to thirty uh, antidepressant pills, I believe it was. And um, and it, it's 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 a it's rough one. Um, yeah, but I saw the police report. It yep. wasn't wasn't good. No, and then so that's where we're at right now. We're looking into you know the impact this will have on some of the some of the programs he was working with. Um, but um, yeah, it's just. Um, tough one when someone like that is struggling because yeah. you think that person is untouchable is got it all made is doing great and he's you know larger than life tough as nails and um you know he's human well interestingly enough too john i think it's the what you said what he has committed his life to right is to try to inspire a lot of other people try to help a lot of people kids and moms and dads he puts on a dad's camp every year um he he does not just for the the men but for women too and and a lot of it tries to impact the, the young people um i know his daughter's highly successful i think in track and field i think it is um it might be at alabama uh so i i, I mean i just saw donovan a few weeks ago, I think, and we just mentioned him the other day about a guy that even outside of Jacksonville, I think, resonated because of his big hits. What I don't understand about this story, and I think it's too early to tell, John, is does he have a problem or was there something that impacted him over the weekend that mm-hmm. forced him to do that? You know, mm-hmm. we don't know that. Did mm-hmm. something personally happen right. that led him down this road right. just on Sunday, or does he have an issue? Um, right. There's been no evidence of an issue from Donovan Darius. That's why I asked that. No, there's no history and, as far and, as criminally, for sure. Yeah. So there's been I, nothing. I don't know. I, and I yeah. know we don't know those answers just yet, and, I, and maybe we'll find out at some time. But at, at this stage of it, I know he obviously has some, some, some stuff to clean up personally and also with law enforcement. But... Uh, I'm almost to the point where I thoughts and prayers to him and hope he gets well, right. Yes, there's no is, doubt. Is, is there's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's something there, and 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 yes, there there's a legal matter, but you know there there are things in that report that tell you directly that he he is he was suffering as well. So yeah. yes, most definitely. Then right, lastly, so, um, real quickly, uh, you know everybody's heard about the coronavirus. Uh, that thing is, um, well, it's become, you know, more of a concern, clearly, and uh, now it's impacting things like the stock market. So um, if you didn't feel sick today before checking your 401K, you probably feel sick now. Um, so that's that's a big impact, so we're going to look at that a little bit as well. And then, of course, the uh, we got Blair Miller up in D.C. for Action News Jackson. We have the only local bureau up there, and he does a fantastic job of breaking down the impeachment stuff. I mean, if you want, you know, if you don't want to listen to the whole spiel on the on the networks about what all is happening, you just want the nitty gritty. Give me the 
you know, 40-second 40, 40 sheet version of this. Yeah. Blair Miller is your guy, and we got him every day at 5 o'clock. It's great stuff. All right, 5 o'clock, uh, CBS 47, Fox 30 coming up tonight. John, Tanika Hughes, Mike Borish. I'll have a report from here at Super Bowl 54 and how the loss of Kobe Bryant is being felt down here. That's coming up at 5.30. And then we will be shuffling off to opening night, the media night here at Marlins Park, and we'll have that covered for you tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30 as well. John Bachman, have a good night, man. All right, guys, thank you very much. Have fun. Behave right. yourself tonight. Yes, uh, we will. will Don't tell me what to do, John. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Yeah, Dad. (laughs) All right, when we come back, uh, more football. We're going to lift this thing up, man. Let's go, man. Darius and Kobe Bryant. The stock market's bad. we got all sorts of problems. Do you want to talk about my, my basketball game some more? That'll cheer you right up. We will talk a little bit about that. No, balling, I'm balling, I think. You might be balling. Uh, oh, I owe you one. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's right, man. Mr. Uh, Eminem hey, over and here. And the Jags shined out in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah we, we got go. some Jags play to talk about. Let's do it next. ESPN 690. I mean, that's all you can ask for in life is the opportunity, and then what you do with that is up to you. And the Super Bowl is uh, it's the greatest opportunity you can have as a, as a football player in this world. With that being said, you know, um, doing the right things throughout the week and just making sure that we're ready for everything come the Super Bowl Sunday. That's Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end. And honestly, I believe, like, the most dangerous player in the Super Bowl. Is that crazy? From, like... What do you mean most dangerous? Like from the standpoint of scoring touchdowns, or I'm talking like could snap at any second, like loose cannon kind of guy? <laughs> well, because I mean that, that, that's who he was his rookie yeah. year, man. You, like, you have more was, of a background with him. Yeah, so, so I'm trying. What are you getting at right now? Personality-wise, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. Right now, I'm a little bit more enamored with uh, Marcel. Uh, he's he's lining up his animal crackers on his phone. That's good, man. <laughs> little animal crackers. That, that sandwich didn't hold you over, did it? Uh. By the way, are those yours, animal crackers? No, I brought them. You stole them. Oh, those are... Yeah, they're right over there. Oh, so we have two tables right now. we got, we got plenty of rooms. So okay. We're taking well, up two just, tables. I got you. Okay. Look at this. I'll, I'll show everybody on the video feed this this thing of animal crackers. <laughs> From Kirkland, obviously. Costco. Yep. Look at this. Yeah. Now that's some animal crackers. I like that, man. Just in case we needed some snacks. I like it. I like your style. Uh, and we got them. Yeah, but, uh, very, very nutritional. Good call. <laughs> and Marcel's friend. lighting them up. Yeah. Like, uh, you little OCD over there, Marcel? <laughs> Grab the mic, man. Tell him what you got. <laughs> I just didn't want to hold them all in my I had like a whole handful. I didn't want to hold them all in my hand, so I didn't want to stack them up and then they fall over. Here's the real question. So we walked in the door here. In terms of time of how long it took to get a picture before when we walked in. Uh, I already saw the picture you guys tweeted. Uh, 13 seconds. What's looking what, for, what looking was for more, about five seconds? I was gonna say what's <laughs> what was more how fast it took to take the picture or his four four time? I mean his forty Ooh. time. Well, he's been complaining. So here's the thing: the forty yard dash would be ideal here, right? Because they have it all set up for you. Yeah, so well, we absolutely. Easily We've do done it. it before. Yeah, so we can easily. I do might it. run it this time. He he is complaining of some some tight. No 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 whoa, 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 no. Whoa. I said at Set one moment thing. when we got out the car from a five hour trip that man. My quad didn't like me getting out the car that yeah. fast. So he explained him a little tightness. He, he could be day to day. Not sure if it's going to be today. Or I could tomorrow. be. I could be Austin with two pulled hamstrings. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I didn't bring my cleats, so I'm not going to run in a pair of Vans. I already tried to dunk in a pair of Vans at the UNF game, and.
and my calves were not liking me for it. So, hey, uh, how about the Jags yesterday, guys at the Pro Bowl? That yeah. was pretty cool, you know. I mean, you get three guys in, a couple on the alternate list, and again, it doesn't matter because forever they'll be Pro Bowlers. Calais Campbell, another. I don't think it goes in the Hall of Fame resume, MVP, defensive MVP of the Pro Bowl. I really don't. But it's not a bad another thing to notch on that resume. I mean, this guy, you start looking at his resume, I'm telling you, he's one big year, one huge year away from sincere consideration, like being a big talking point. And his numbers will add up. I mean, he's on his way to 100 sacks. He's got to get there, I think. But... You start adding up the Pro Bowls now, the, the old Pro honors that he's had, the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, the Bart Starr nominee, Bart Starr Award winner, uh, the Art Rooney sportsmanship. I mean, what a again a, a resume builder yesterday for uh, Calais Campbell, in my opinion. Let me ask this question, Brent, because right now the big story with Calais Campbell obviously is: Do you restructure his deal? Is he willing to get kind of that hometown discount and come back and be a pillar of the Jaguars? My question to you is, you talk about Clayus Campbell, this is a guy, I think he had six and a half or seven sacks this past season. What did I he end he had, up with? I think he had six and a half, I, I believe. I think you're right. Yes, yeah, so I think he had, so he had six and a half sacks. Not bad, you know, from a three-technique perspective. He, he's a pro bowler. Yeah, he set the and, bar high well, off his last yeah, couple exactly. of years. But also keep in mind, according to Pro Football Focus, which I'm not sure how much the Jaguars put in stock in that, but it means something. It's something that you can put on your resume. According to Pro Football Focus, he was the top defensive tackle this year against the run. So you put that, you put the sacks, you put the Pro Bowl all together, and you put his experience and what he brings to the locker room. I mean, if you're the Jaguars brass right now, do you even have a right to ask for you know his contract to be reduced a little bit, or do you just play it out? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think I, I think from their standpoint, they're going to ask for they're going to try to change his role a little bit. And, th- and does he want to do that one? And then if you change the role, does it mean a difference in, in pay? But I think from a player perspective, from a Calais perspective, I think you're right on the money, and that's very fair. And if your team struggled against the run, yet this guy, some people say, was the best in the league against the run. Yeah. Well, I don't think the formula for su- success is to fix the run defense, is to take your best guy away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you might have to figure out a way to keep him and figure it out. So uh, I get what you're saying. I think it's a little more complex than that. I, I think we'll see how he feels about it. You know, I talked well, to him and sat down at the end of the season with him, and he understood it. He, he said he still thought he was worth $15 million. And if you look at some of the stats, he was. He also admitted that he missed more tackles than he ever missed. Uh, so... You know, there's a give and take in what the organization is looking for and what they, how they feel about him. Uh, we know how they feel about him. But, yeah. I mean, going forward, what they think his role will be. If they think he's going to play 30 snaps and that's going to be his, his – his, the goal is to play 30 snaps, it's hard to pay somebody $17 million or $15 million for 30 snaps a game. Like, I understand that. I think he understands that, too. But maybe there's another team that says, we want you for 50 oh, snaps. There's a lot left in you. Well, then, if that's the case, I think he will go. I think he'll be with somebody else if somebody sees him playing – 50 snaps for 50, 15 million bucks. So I guess, don't even look at it from the Jaguars brass perspective. Look at it from Clayus Campbell's perspective. If Pro Football Focus is saying you're the best defensive tackle of stopping the run, if you had six and a half sacks this year, if you're a Pro Bowler, to me, and I, I, I can't speak on behalf of Clayus Campbell, but if I was him, I would feel like, you know what, man? I am worth that much money. Because, like, yeah. you know, my stats and, and my play that way. and the analytics, they say so. 
So now, listen, I don't know how Calais Campbell's body feels. I mean, I know he spends a lot of money to keep his you know, body as, as finely tuned as he can be. Yeah, we're all, similar. Yeah, we're similar. I mean, it's, it's all tax expenses at the end of the day. He can yeah. just write that off, and it'll, it'll come back eventually. That's how I mean, taxes work. Right? Mostly on, like, Botox and stuff. Oh, is it, is it really? <laughs> you do Botox, dude? No. Oh, because I was going to say, we, we're going to have to go to break real quick, and I'm going to have to have a real conversation here. Forget, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> When we come back at ESPN 690, maybe, uh, I have a talk with Brett Funnel about some Botox first, and then we'll see where we go after that. <laughs> Dude, that, that came out of nowhere, man. Hey, hey. We left a little chit-chat right Take now. care of your body. I mean, right, no. It's, it's, it's it's face, little, hey, this hey. face isn't just for radio. Hey, I understand we're in Miami right now. <laughs> Expectations are high. But during this break... We gotta have a little chit chat, dude. We gotta have a little chit chat about how things are ran around here. Uh, let's stay on the Jags uh, in twofold. Josh Allen, DJ Chark, nice moments for those guys too. I mean, how legit is Josh Allen? Is he really like bona fide superstar potential? It, it seems like the complete package. And some former Jags and how they could play in this game, Super Bowl Fifty Four. We're live in Miami. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN Six Ninety. Hang with us. Botox break right now. <laughs> You know, I really wanted my son to see me play in the Super Bowl, and it means a lot, you know, he gets to see me play in it. And the other day he told me I played a really good game, and that was one of the biggest compliments I ever got. You know, that's what it's about. It gives you perspective. You know, I appreciate Raheem, the offense, all my teammates, the D-line, Shanahan, Salah, Hightower. You know, it took a, it's a group effort. Lynch, everybody contributed to this win in this season, man. I'm thankful and we're grateful. That's Richard Sherman. I feel like I'm getting ready to board a cruise ship. I know. Good job with the music, Goose. I figured you're in Miami, I mean, you know. Goose, I'm not mad about it, but can we just get Will Smith welcome to Miami? That's all we need, man. There I'll see go. what I can do. Eventually. We got all week, yeah, you Goose. you do that. We got all week. Brett Martin, Austin Lane. Marcel Robinson. Shades on. Animal crackers eating. Animal crackers are going. Stuart Weber. Behind the scenes. Moving around stuff. All here at Super Bowl 54 in Miami. South Florida, we're just uh, at the convention center, which is near South Beach. Things are pretty spread out in Miami, uh, by the yeah. way. We also uh, got word, <laughs> as Stuart's going to jump in and eat animal crackers uh, on the video uh, feeds on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. But we uh, we were just uh, we have our headphones on and we're yapping away, and it's kind of quiet in here. Yeah. But apparently, um, we're kind of loud in here. That's fine. You know, that's not the first time I've been called loud before, Brent. Won't no. be the last time. I mean, and it's a, that's the way it is. I, I have a voice that carries, and that's okay. I'm, I'm a passionate individual, and it is what it is, man. I mean, I think they've gotten used to it. Not too many people are turning around anymore. No, 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 no that's, not, that's not true. Everyone's turning around. <laughs> well, some of us, I think some people just got up and left because they got, got a little annoyed by it. That's fine. I mean, when I was talking about my basketball game, there's a gentleman over here that kept staring at me. I'm like, come on, you can you can come and uh, and I'll lecture you a little bit about my basketball game if you we'll want to. We'll show hear. you the highlights. That's yeah, coming we'll up in just a little bit, actually. Yeah. We're going to show video, if you're on the video feeds, of, uh, of the day nice. and uh, the debut in the ABA for uh, Austin Lane. It, it is It punches home. The scene here is so... Calm, yeah, and quiet, and and again, if you trust me on this, hopefully you listen every day. But listen and watch to like what you see now, and what you will see on Wednesday will beef up, and then Thursday's usually like high time. That's like peak, and it's so amazing the difference. Like it, we could yell at the top of our lungs on Thursday, yeah. and nobody would know <laughs> we're talking because it's so loud in here. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's it's cool to watch it build. Mm-hmm. It's also cool to see how all of them are different. Been all over the place now. I mean, I, I was not. In fact, I think 
the last Super Bowl I was not at was the one in Miami in 2009. I think I've been at every one since. I feel like I'm probably not. That's probably not accurate. But from New Orleans, I think a couple of times, to Arizona, to San Francisco, to Minnesota, to New York, to Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, that's seven of them I just named. Now Miami's eight. And actually, I think New Orleans might have been in there twice. So it could have been in there twice. Santa Clara? I said Santa Clara. Uh, I haven't done a Tampa one. That's next year. So maybe I haven't been at every one since the Miami one. There might be a couple in there that I missed. Because I think Indianapolis might have been in there. I wasn't at there the was. Indianapolis one. I was at that one. But was Indianapolis prior Thomas to Miami or after? On top of the bar. Were um, you still playing at that time? Yeah, that would have been my first year. So 2011 it would have been. That would have been 11. Okay, yeah. so that. Well, 2010, that, that season. And then 2011 was the Super Bowl. Okay, so I wasn't at that one. So, okay. uh, But anyway, you get the idea. That I, I think that's one of the only ones I've missed. And you get a feel for these things and how they work. But it's kind of cool to see how everybody does it differently, too, and, and what cities fit. And a lot of those cities, I'm not a big critic. I, I think a lot of them did it well. There mm-hmm. are good things about other cities. Uh, there are not so good things about other cities. Uh, how they they shuffle you around the media i'm not a big complainer in the media uh this one will be interesting there'll be some complaints coming out of here because of the lack of shuttle service right from like the convention center to different areas you have to use uber and lyft and food apparently and really hasn't been a lot of food like last year atlanta did a good job with food and what happens is like you're camped out basically in a spot for a long time so they're either better you go down the nfl experience or we found a couple of places right down the road so it's not too bad um but you do have to plan ahead because it's not just like right there uh there's food it'd be a lot of people to uh, people to feed i guess well and listen i was very adamant brent like when i first started doing this like i sensed i told about this there's a lot of entitlement it feels like sometimes whether it's food or people i'm not saying people from jackson just overall you know my last super bowl experience people like why isn't this year why isn't this year and it's funny how one year can kind of change you get you a little more cocky because i walked in here and my first question all right where's the food at? <laughs> of course the food wasn't here so i t- kind of turned to marcel a little bit i was a little disappointed but where it got me was the water situation because you know me man i'm yes, a i'm a camel i'm like spongebob when he's when he goes to visit standy cheeks in the aquarium <laughs> uh i need water now brent you don't get that uh, you don't probably understand that reference and that's okay marcel's no. got my back but I was concerned because there wasn't any water around here. Well, thanks to you and your you know, ingenuity, you brought the waters here, so at least we have those going for us, and I'm in a lot better mood. Not just thanks to me. Thanks to CGC Water, there official water of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, and we brought uh, cases of them for our, our guests and for us. So uh, it's, it's good to have them on board. All right, let's talk about this game a little bit more from a Jags perspective. Oh, real quick, wrap up the Pro Bowl. DJ Chark catches the touchdown pass. Very cool. Yep. Josh Allen, I can't stop thinking from the day I met this guy it, at the draft in Nashville that he's a stud. Uh, you know, we don't talk about his physical presence enough because he he's next to Calais Campbell so much, so he doesn't look as big as he is. He is a massive human being. Yeah. He is a good-looking athlete. And he's got a level of maturity to him. I think he's got a level of drive to him at a young age that a lot of players don't know about and have. He's gotten mentored by two very good ones in Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, at different stages of their career. I think Josh Allen is on his way to superstardom. And we're talking about a decade at least of it. Uh, I don't know if it'll be 10 sacks a year, but I think it'll be some years where it's 15, 16 sacks, and then maybe a bad year might be a 9-sack year. He's going to be... Borderline dominant in the NFL for years to come, in my opinion. And I think just even the charisma that showcased in the Pro Bowl shows you that he's got the total package. 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Josh Allen. I was adamant about saying this, where even coming out of college, he obviously flashed on film that he was an athletic monster. Right, and that's a big reason why he had his success this year, because he used his strength, his athleticism. The scary part about Josh Allen is, and why I think Josh Allen can be maybe a prototypical all-pro coming up here in the next couple of years is the fact that he hasn't even developed his pass rush skill set yet. He, he hasn't mastered his hand placement. He hasn't mastered his footwork yet. He's gotten by with his athleticism and his power. And you can do that in college, and it is so rare for a rookie to be able to do that in the NFL. It just goes to show you how athletic, how powerful, how big he is, right? I mean, we saw him in that Black Panther getup. I thought he was Black Panther for a second. <laughs> so, I mean, with, with Josh... It off. Exactly. So, with, with Josh Allen, the sky's limit, because you see guys like Nick Bosa come in, right? Nick Bosa was tired because he had all the skills. He had the technique. He had the footwork. He had the hand speed, all that good stuff. And guess what? Nick Bosa's probably going to be the def- defensive rookie of the year, as he should be, in my opinion. He's in the Super Bowl right now. That's for a reason. But Nick Bosa, I mean, to him, the ceiling's already kind of there, right? Like, you see what he's going to do. He's going to be a great guy going forward. But with Josh Allen, I've said it before, it's like the Cleo Mack effect. When Cleo Mack came into the league, he was already bigger than everybody on you know, the defensive line. He's already faster than everybody else. He just had to refine, refine his skill set a little bit and his pass rushing technique. And I think Josh Allen, especially playing with Yannick Ngakwe, hopefully another side, and maybe playing with Calais Campbell, We'll have that much success as well as Cleo Mack. Well, I'm looking at Marcel Robinson, but he's got the shades impact, though. You know, yeah. like he could walk into me. Now, Mar- Marcel, uh, well, maybe Marcel, <laughs> but Josh Allen could walk in here Super Bowl week, and I think he warms up a room. Yeah, you know, I think you notice him. Uh, oh, absolutely. So it's not just his play on the field. That's kind of my point here. Yeah. I think his superstar potential on the field, I think he's on his way to that. I think he's already proven a little bit of that that he's got the goods for that. Yeah. But I'm talking about the whole package here, nice. Uh, it doesn't have to be the lone face of the franchise in Jacksonville, but he could. I could see him as one of the faces for a decade to come in Jacksonville. Yeah, and I think you, you just said it, like with him being the face. I think that's it's what this team needs. Obviously, I mean, we, we, as as of right now, if you ask anyone who says you know on the outside of the market, if you ask them who's the face of the NFL or of the Jaguars in the league, most would probably end up saying Calais Campbell. For the most part, in yeah. Terms of, I think that no football, yeah. Right, um, but I mean, maybe Gardner Minshew now, and, and, and yeah, Minshew as well. But I mean, I think as far as like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like every single team has that guy. Like you have to have a guy like that. You know, Minshew is a great example too. But I think you know all the physical tools are going to come. I mean, Austin's exactly right. I mean, he came in, he was already on a tear, but you can still tell that there's there's still more that he can do. Physically, completely gifted, uh, being able to play with. Yannick Ngakwe and Calais kept under one year, and if they're they're all able to keep you know, those three together, just the cerebral part of his game is the more that grows. I mean, this dude has I mean potential. I mean, you heard him. He said talking to Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith, yeah. one of the best pass rushers to ever step on the field, said that he reminds him of himself as of right now. I mean, but I think all the all the all the stuff stuff you're talking about. I mean, you, we've talked to him. He's always been the same guy. He's, He's got great charisma. You oh know? yeah, hundred percent. He he knows when the camera's on. He, yeah. he knows the camera's on him, and, and but. Unlike a lot of those guys that we've interacted with, like that's who he is. Like it's it's genuine. So it's not something that he has to turn on and off. It's just genuinely you know, how he is, and I think that's great for uh, the franchise. Well, they, uh, he's got a little bit of kid in him. Yeah. But he doesn't feel like immature. Like oh he, no, he, he's, I feel like he's already a pro. And I, yeah. I I gotta say that about Yannick Ngakwe too. I think he, when he was a rookie, he felt like he was a veteran. 
And that's a great approach to have because it can go the other way as a young player. I'm not knocking players. It takes a little while to get used to that. Yeah. You know, a lot of them have trouble getting used to that stuff. But I think there's a maturity about Allen. There's a maturity about Jan um, as they came into the league that their production was one thing, but their strive for greatness seems like it's already boxed in them somehow. And now it's just a matter of can they go get it. Well, and with Josh Allen, you saw that since the day he stepped foot on the field. I remember we were doing our show um, on the field right after he got drafted. Yeah. And he was out there with his daughter, I <laughs> believe. Right, yeah. And then and then his, his fiance or wife? Uh, yeah, wife. Wife, exactly. Wife you know, so, I mean, you, you saw that. Yeah. And son as well. So you saw that he's a, a big family man, you know, mm-hmm. and. Anytime you have a family like that, I mean, it did wonders for me, right? Like, I mean, it helped me mature a lot, and especially a guy um, in college, I kind of had that a little bit. Coming to the league, I mean, I think it's definitely grounded him a little bit. Um, I don't think you kind of have the proverbial, you know, he's acting like a rookie kind of phrase with him. I mean, I think he's mature beyond his years, and it, it showed that first day he got drafted, you know, because, I mean, it, it's a high-pressure situation being the first-round pick and everything. I mean, I was the fifth round pick, dude, and I was at the bowling alley getting free kegs. You know, like that—that's where I was at at the time. You know, I was—I had a long ways to go in my maturity. But I think the fact that Josh Allen is already coming in wise beyond his years, and obviously we talked about his athleticism. And listen, I, I'm the guy to say if you're athletic and if you're strong, you, you can maybe fall into four or five sacks. You know, if you're on the field enough, you're gonna get those sacks. Because sometimes you can just hustle and you'll get a sack. You and should. things like that. Yeah, you should. But ten and a half sacks. It speaks for itself, you know. And, and I'm saying in a limited snaps. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm saying this guy's got a long ways to go still. So, like, like I said, I mean, when I say the sky's the limit, the sky's the limit because this guy had a a prestigious career in his first year, a ten and a half sacks. Any pro would take that kind of number. Yeah. Any pro would kind of point to those kind of numbers. So, to me, it's going to be very crazy to see where this goes from here. Yeah, and again, they got to still. I think Yannick Ngakwe is an important part of this to build yeah. around those two guys that are under 25 years old and have the ability to impact games. You just don't find it. And I will say this, and I, I kind of rolled off my tongue. I didn't even think about it as much, but I need to think about it. Maybe it was genius on my part. Well, maybe not genius. But the the fact that the Jags have that, two 25-year-old pass rushers, is something they need to embrace because they've got something really nobody else in the league has. You might have a couple pass rushers, but they're not 25 years and under. I mean, they're not at this point. They're not even in the primes of their career. You need to embrace that, wrap your arms around that, build your team around that on that side of the football. And they can't disrupt that. They can't screw that up. I mean, and so well, obviously Jan becomes an important part of that. And let's prove the point, Brent. This year, what was everybody talking about? They're talking about Chubb and Von Miller. Well, what happened? Chubb ends up getting hurt. Von Miller gets singled out, and all of a sudden, Von Miller kind of has a. I mean, he had a good season, but it wasn't you know that that Von Miller type of All Pro season. Because guess what? Now teams can key on Von Miller because Chubb was out. I think he, he had the torn ACL, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did that day, in uh, in yeah. the Jags game. Well, yeah. and, and props to them for finishing the game, too. Actually played the rest of the game on a torn ACL, which is just mind-baffling to me. Whatever. But that's why it's so important, Brent, to, to, to have those two bona fide rush bookends. And I'm not saying, yes, it helps having a good three technique, too. I think Dante Fowler could attest to that. Having Aaron Donald, that always helps. But having two legit defensive ends, not a lot of teams can say that. And if you have that, you have to take advantage of it. Hey, uh, I want to remind everybody that we're giving a pizza party. Well, Rennes is really providing a pizza party along with ESPN 690 for Sunday's big game. And here's what we're asking. Here's how you win the pizza party if you're just jumping in on us. This this is fun. We're going to have a good time with this. We want you to make your own 30-second commercial that we could play for your party on Sunday. And you do have to include some keywords. Rennes, pizza, party. 
and ESPN 690. Mm-hmm. I don't know if ESPN 690 is an actual word, but you have to include it. Uh, so, Brenna's Pizza Party, ESPN 690. Now, technically, you cannot include, and we will sub it out if need be, Super Bowl. You're not allowed to say that. So, four keywords, Brenna's Pizza Party, ESPN 690, 30-second commercial about your party that you're going to have, and you need to have that big, giant pizza and other things that Austin Lane is going to deliver yeah. on Sunday at your place, at your party, wherever you are in, in and around Jacksonville. And we got to cut it off somewhere, right? You can't be like in, do, I, in Wisconsin. Do, don't make me repeat myself. I have my wife's hybrid, Hyundai Sonata. We can go to the ends of the earth if need to be, but you guys will get that pizza. It will be fresh, and it will be hot. I can promise you that. And, if, hey, if you got a beer waiting for me when I get there, Maybe I'll just stay and hang out with you guys as well. I, I kind of like the fact that uh, I like someone from good old Wayne County to win so you can make that journey up to Georgia. Yeah, Wayne County? Good. I've been to Georgia, but that's not a bad, not a bad drive. Yeah, oh, let's put, put a podcast on. We'll be ready to go. Well, okay. good. Here's what you have to do, Wayne County and everyone else listening. Easy now, Brent. 30-second <laughs> commercial. Leave it on ESPN 690 social uh, platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the, all the rest. Um, or... This is probably the easier way, is call Star Star 690 and deliver that 30-second commercial. Yep. So uh, go to work. You have until the end of the week. We'll announce a winner on Friday. We need some submissions here, so we need you to be creative. We need you to get after this thing. And uh, Ren is going to give away a, a big pizza party uh, for you and, and anybody else coming uh, to that party. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, Super Bowl 54. I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. They're not actually here. but I'll do, you, you have me turn around for a second. Uh, like, where's yeah. Jimmy G at? Uh, they'll be at uh, Marlins uh, Park tonight. Yeah. We're going over there in just a little bit. But there are some Jags connections. Very minimal here. Blake Bell, tight end, played. Uh, everybody's like, oh, Blake Bell caught a touchdown. I can't believe Jags let him go. Get over it. <laughs> this happened, by the way, spoiler alert, this happens to every single team, I not know. just the Jaguars. Well, I, well, I, I love how we try to, well, the Jaguars let him go. He used to coach the Jaguars, and now he's doing Dude, every single team can say that. I know. Okay? It's the way the league works. And yes. not only that, I think it's a compliment to the Jags. For so many years, none of the players the Jags let go ended right. up anywhere else except <laughs> right. out of a job. Yeah. What's up, Brent? It's going to be here with you, man. <laughs> it's going to be doing the radio here at Radio Row. Nice, ni- nicely done. That's not <laughs> awesome. Nice segue. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you do have a job. job. I have a job. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I thought, I thought that was a shot at me, man. We're all right, though. No, it wasn't. As you were saying. You went to the Chiefs, yeah. Chicago, the yeah. Lions. Yeah, I had some cups of coffee, and I don't drink coffee, so it is what it is. But anyways, <laughs> please continue. You, listen, you made that, that was a little defensive there. Well, it wasn't even a shot at you. Like, I was I just mean, messing with you, Sometimes I do like to take a little little rib shot You do. You. you get a little comfortable around me, and that's okay, though, well, man. You're, that's you're a little close to thing. be here today. We are a little close. And, and you're you know ready what? for a fight. And so there's not a lot of witnesses here either right now. But they all left. That one wasn't a you. Seriously, the Jags would let people go, yeah. and they would never end up on a team. So it's actually a compliment to the way, I, I mean, yep. at least it's not as bad as it used to be mm-hmm. uh, from a roster standpoint. So there's Blake Bell. Chad Henney's a backup. Obviously, shouldn't be a factor in the Sheldon game. Day. Sheldon Day. Good player. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one that some people in that organization did not want to get rid of. Right. Uh, they had a numbers game problem there at the time with guys like Bennett uh, Michael Bennett from Ohio State, Bennett, yep. and they had obviously Malik Jackson had come in at that time, I believe, when they traded him away. So Sheldon Day, he's not like a superstar, Pro Bowl guy, but he's productive. a good player. He's a productive player out of Notre Dame. He's a fourth-round pick of the Jags. Uh, one of their most productive, probably, players on another team, actually, from from a guy they drafted and, and had to get rid of. Uh, 
outside of that, I mean, we're not. Andy Heck? Don't forget about Andy Heck? Well, I was or, thinking or players. players. Okay, I'm and sorry. And then you coach-wise, you're right. You've got Andy Heck. But the biggest factor in this game, right, I mean, it's really no, it's not even a question, is Salah. I mean, yeah. Robert Salah, who was here in the Gus Bradley days, and I, I'm looking forward to talking to him tonight because uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to him and track him down. But this is a defense that is much like Todd Wash ran. He was the linebacker coach under you know that old regime. And then when they switch things up, Todd Wash stays. Sala ends up going to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it would have been fascinating to see how things would have worked out if Shanahan had ended up getting the job in Jacksonville or something. But it was a promotion for, for Sala. I mean, Sala got fired off a of staff with Gus Bradley. And um, I actually, you know what, I take that back. I, I don't know if he actually got fired. Gus, Gus got fired. But I think he just got promoted. So instead of being the linebackers coach here in Jacksonville, yeah, I think he you're was right. the defensive coordinator in San Fran. So it's not it's like it's not like he got let go and then it was the DC. Right. He got pulled from Todd Wash's staff, uh, which is how it works. So uh, it's he has the biggest impact on this football game because he has to try to find a way to stop one of the most deadly offenses this this league has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and definitely the best offense probably in the last 20 years, I would say, going back to the greatest show on turf. Back in '99, I guess. Well, I guess or? New England could could say something about that in 2008 with the Randy Moss offense. But yeah. Um, but anyway, we know how good it is. So mm-hmm. he has to, right. I mean, he's the well, key Jag connection in yeah. this game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know, and he's probably the most important piece out of anything is trying to shut down this Chiefs offense because you do that, you win the ball game. And I think there's no important more position than the defensive coordinator right now. And trying to solve that puzzle, and it's been a puzzle that no one's really been able to solve the entire year. Now, there's been some times where the Chiefs have lapsed a little bit, let's be honest. Patrick Mahomes was out, um, the, the backup was in, and when you lose Patrick Mahomes, you lose a little luster, obviously, but stopping the Chiefs' offense is no easy task. I talked about it with Matt Patricia a little bit at the Senior Bowl, and he had some interesting things to say. I kind of shared those opinions last week, but it's... um. It's a daunting task, and it's just especially Andy Reid. We always talk about when Andy Reid has time to prepare um, for an opponent. I think I broke down this this down last week where if he is coming off a bye week or like a first round bye in the playoffs, I think Andy Reid right now is twelve and three. He's either twelve and three or thirteen and three. That's insane. That's pretty okay? good. Whenever you have time to plan like that, the advantage goes to Andy Reid. So obviously, from the perspective of I wonder what Andy Reid's going to pull out of his hat here to exploit that very tough. 49ers defense. On the other side, how can San Francisco try to slow this offense down? And once again, it's an illustration of this defense can work with really good players, and if it's run well. I mean, they're front to back. San Francisco, again, they might have some wrinkles, but the premise of this defense is not different than the 2017 Jags defense and many other defenses we've seen, whether it's Seattle, Atlanta. Uh, but front to back, man, this defense is so good. And that's a fascinating part of this, this Super Bowl, Marcel, is are they that much better that they can even slow down Kansas City. I think that's the question, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like the general consensus about this game is that it's going to be a shootout yeah, on both right. sides. I mean, I, I don't think that I don't think it's necessarily a matter of trying to stop the Kansas City offense because, to be completely honest with you, I don't think you can. I mean, I think they just have so so many weapons at every single position, including the quarterback. I don't think you can stop them. I think the hope is to obviously contain them. And have your offense do what you expect them to do, which is come out and, and compete with them and throw the ball around. I think you're right. Uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe later in the week we say, if you could sign up for a point total right now, if you're San Francisco, that Kansas City gets, what would it be? Huh. 
Think about that. We'll talk yeah. about it later in the week. Not right now. Predictions are later in the week. Hey, uh, how about giving away a PDQ gift card right now? $50 gift card. Caller number three. Buy one, get one free. 25 or 50 tender platters Saturday and Sunday only. How about use this money to buy one of those? $50 gift card to PDQ. If you're listening on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right now, call 904-362-9901 or star star 690. Caller number three wins a $50 gift card to PDQ. We all feel a deep sense of loss for what he meant to all of us in so many ways and so many millions of people loved him for so many different reasons. Uh, It's just a a tragic thing that there are no words that can describe uh, how everybody feels about it. So we all think about the family and the process that they're going to be going through now. Uh, That's where all our thoughts should be. That's San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich on the passing of Kobe Bryant. Continues to sting the sports world and beyond the sports world with Kobe Bryant. uh, Dead at the age of 41. Of course, uh, eight others died in that helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, on their way to a travel basketball game. And uh, that was not abnormal for... Kobe Bryant to travel around in a helicopter around Los Angeles. We played that earlier in the show, a recent clip of him talking about that, uh, and, and that's how it started. And apparently they say this uh, helicopter that he had, I think it was made in 1991. I don't know helicopters, but uh, reading about it, it's pretty significant helicopter uh, that he owned. Um, and, and it was his private helicopter. So uh, Kobe Bryant, dead at the age of 41, it continues to be a discussion. We expect it to be a discussion a little bit tonight. This is a younger generation of players, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Uh, and when we see the Chiefs and 49ers at opening night at Marlins Park here in about an hour and a half, I would think this will be a dominant discussion. Uh, of, on this stage, people being asked about Kobe Bryant. And this will be a group of kids. Now, listen, Super Bowl has features players from age 21 to age 38 probably of course you know? yeah uh but it will be a, a distinct part of the people on those rosters for the super bowl that grew up admiring uh kobe bryant and obviously it's a name they know so well whether it was playing with him in video games or watching him on tv and so many of these guys yourself include you played in the nfl it doesn't mean you're a, a, a one-trick pony in sports you probably played high school basketball or maybe even just loved basketball in general. So Kobe Bryant will transcend tonight uh, this Super Bowl 54, and I imagine it will be a part of the uh, discussion. Uh, And I wonder what these guys will say. I wonder how and if they will be allowed to. Do you know this, by the way, because you you, you knew some of the NFL rules. Will they be allowed to do any kind of tribute? on their shoes or, or cleats Ooh, or anything yeah. like that in Super Bowl 54? Because there's so many stipulations when it comes to uniforms. Oh, without you know, a doubt. Now, you could do yeah. like a tape job like on your wrist or something like that and maybe put a 24. I don't know. I I, yeah. I don't know those rules and regulations so well, and they've probably changed even since you of played course. in 2000. Well, because, I mean, now they're like the my cleats, you know, my cause. Yeah, and that's thing. a single well, just, day. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a single day. Um, as far as the uniform policy was concerned when I was playing, you weren't really allowed to write anything on your cleats, obviously. I think even like the you know like the, the tape we used to wear around our wrists and everything, you couldn't write anything on there either. So it, it was pretty strict. Um, 
I'm wondering if the Super Bowl could make an exception. I have no idea. And once again, the rules could have changed from the you know the the eight years that I played or eight years ago that I played in the, um, football. So I, I have no idea regarding that. Um, it'll be interesting to key in on. But I'm sure a lot of players would probably love to support you know and just kind of show their love, whether it's on their cleats, on their gloves, or other eye black or whatever it is. And what will the NFL do? Obviously, on this stage, uh, will they do anything? I I would be surprised. And oh, they're definitely going to do, do something. Now, what yeah. you do have to get yourself to this game on Sunday. This game, you know, that's... We live in a world where things change so quickly. I mean, that will be an eight-day-old story. I'm not saying it will be a forgotten story, but it will not have the impact and the, the profound uh, discussion that it's having right now, and, and that might even bleed into tomorrow and, and midweek. But sooner or later, the storyline will flip, and it will flip into this game. And uh, So I'm interested to see what the NFL will do. And Roger Goodell, I believe, talks on Wednesday, so maybe he will address... Uh, something about Kobe Bryant if they expect to honor Kobe Bryant. But something we've seen across all walks of life, I mean, from baseball teams to NBA teams to various sports, local level. I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars did a tremendous thing last night. Uh, they gave their respects, and they tweeted it exactly at 824. Uh, obviously, the two numbers that are retired in the Staples Center. What do you think, Marcel? You think they'll uh, do something? Is it just mo- as simple as a moment of silence? I mean, I think I think once we get to the game time, I think at the bare minimum, that's what you're looking at. Um, I think be, even though you know Kobe is obviously not just a, a generational basketball player, he's a global athlete, a global brand, and everything. Um, so I think you know the loss of him, you know, as a legend, it it, it you know transcends across all sports but i just wonder in terms of the nfl game itself what could they do in terms of you know because i think at the end of the day they don't want to take the attention away from it being you know the super bowl but at the bare minimum once we get to sunday for the game we'll at least have you know the moment of silence maybe a little brief tribute and say hey you know let's honor the the life of legend kobe bryant i think honestly tonight at the opening night is when we we kind of see what they may do. I think obviously when they open up, they'll definitely have you know the moment of silence and they'll bring it up. And as far as how big of a deal they make it, I don't know, but I feel like tonight we may see a little bit more of a kind of a memoriam as opposed to Sunday. Yeah, it'll be unavoidable tonight. Uh, they're going to get a lot of questions, people around. And I wonder if it take. Listen, the bottom line is I love to bring a lot of energy to this show every day. Uh, you know, we, we like to have a lot of fun on this show. It's a tough time to talk. I mean, this is a dominating discussion. It's hard to have fun talking about the passing of, of Kobe Bryant. I mean, it's still such a stunner around here. And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to spend three hours talking about it today, because I know a lot of people have been flipping on the TV or listening to their radios, and it's, it's been such everywhere. a dominating discussion. But it's been really hard to move past that part of it. I mean, uh, I've it, that's been interesting to me. I don't know if it is to you. Again, I'm, an, I'm the business guy, so I don't. I think it's kind of cool Kobe Bryant let so many people in that some of the national folks that you saw respond the way they did, some with tears, mm-hmm. some as like a personal friend. I don't think it impacted their reporting, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. But that's not, that's not a typical thing. You know, you don't get to know players like that, especially of that stature. You know, Tiger's done a fantastic job of not allowing too many people in. That circle sure seemed like Kobe Bryant had more people allowed in his circle. NBA is a little bit different. It's a night in, night out league. You know, you're getting interviewed when you're a star player. You're interviewing sometimes before the game, after the game, uh, every day. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different that way. But he was very cognizant of that. You know, some guys don't 
feel that, don't understand that. It sure sounded like Kobe Bryant understood it, understood well, the media's role, understood what they had to do, yeah. and then developed close relationships. Uh, you know, I remember I, we were listening on the way down, whether it was Ramona Shelburne or uh, Wilbon, of course, and Stephen A. Smith, and, and some folks that that uh, he developed these sharp relationships with. It, it seemed like. And listen, and I'm I'm still new to this whole you know working with the media kind of gig and going in the locker rooms and being kind of on the other side of the camera and doing the interviews. And from what I've learned so far is I pick up on guys that you can tell they don't really want to be interviewed. You know, they kind of just give you the one to two, um, you know, word answers and then they're on their way. And I think it was refreshing hearing from, you know, the reporters talking about Kobe Bryant and just how personable he was, you know, how welcoming he was because he understood that they're just trying to do their job. You know, and Marcel and I actually had this conversation on the ride down here where it was, you know, I mean, we talk about players who some players are, are very open to having a good conversation with you. You're getting some good content and some players just they don't want to talk to you. You know, and I think Kobe Bryant was one of those guys, even when he was the top echelon of the game, if anybody had the right to say, you know what, no comments today, um, you know, no, no questions today, it seemed like for the most part he was always the guy that was going to welcome people to ask the questions and he was going to be professional about it and answer them to the best of his ability. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether it's a moment of silence or something more uh, that so many people I, – I thought the tributes yesterday were really pretty pretty well done. Um by folks around the NBA, the eight-second violation in the backcourt, the 24-second shot clock. Uh, give a lot of credit to people who thought that stuff up, and a lot of that comes from players, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that they, that so. I mean, you saw m- many players in tears. Yeah, it's, uh, Tyson Chandler. The they court. showed on the bench. He couldn't even like wasn't even in, involved in the game at all. Just couldn't keep himself composed. Who? Uh, this is a, a spin of this conversation. It's not to say if somebody died, uh, who would impact. But who, who are those athletes today that impact like Kobe Bryant, like Michael Jordan, like, I mean Tiger Woods is that right? Correct. I mean you talk if, if so, Tiger Woods' impact Serena when he's Williams, done with golf will be so widespread across the globe, and that's the thing you got to put this on. It's like the global scale. Right. Serena Williams, I think you're right. Um, I think Serena now is so much more than Venus. I, I, oh yeah. I, it used yeah, to be yeah. Serena and Venus. Yeah. Right. It used to be Venus and Serena. Right. It used mm-hmm. to be Venus for a time. Serena now has surpassed her sister so much, though, that there's a huge separation Mm -hmm. in terms of her reach and her stardom, I think. Uh, You know, we just saw Derek Jeter retired recently. Uh, Baseball-wise, I think it's hard to come. That's one of the things that baseball struggled with is who who can they throw out there as their face that, that almost could reach global proportions. I think baseball's had trouble doing that. Football, you have a lot of them. I mean, uh, may, I mean, maybe not in terms of of here in the states, just because it, it doesn't have that particular impact. But if you think about the world of, world of soccer, I mean, you've got guys like like Messi, oh, absolutely. Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. no, no, oh, that's sure. a good call, very good call. Um, I mean, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. I, and and by the way, ignorance on my part because I'm not like w- watching and, and talking soccer all the time. I don't know their impact in terms of, like, Kobe Bryant building schools for kids right. or mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know. And maybe they do that. But LeBron James, obviously, we're not even – we didn't mention LeBron's name. Um, fits that category of legacies of players that go so far reaching beyond sports. Uh, and, again, that doesn't mean, by the way, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you have to die for that to happen. I'm saying it's happening. I, I'm just wonder if we appreciated Kobe for all it was worth as, as when he lived. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now we learn so much more about it, I think, globally, as a, even the casual fans, now that he's passed, because all these stories are being done about him. Well, and the wild thing, too, is, you know, we can compare definitely compare Kobe to Tiger Woods, and I don't know, so I'm just kind of put him like on a Conor McGregor level a little bit now, of just the stardom, you know, the trending on Twitter and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I think Conor McGregor has kind of reached that echelon as well, of just being that pop culture guy that affects the world. But if you look at those three gentlemen, with, with Kobe Bryant, with Tiger Woods, with Conor McGregor, three guys who have all had their fair share of adversity. Yeah. You know, and three guys I'm not going to make excuses for at all. You know, whatever happened, happened. But it's three guys that, you know, have literally kind of stood down the barrel of the media, stood down the barrel of the criticism, um, and literally the hate. And for whatever reason, have kind of rose above that for the most part. You know, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of Tiger Woods fans still that, you know, are agreeing anything about Tiger Woods did. Like, for instance, my wife. When we watch Tiger Woods on TV, my wife, not the biggest Tiger Woods fan. I'm like, okay. And and that's perfectly fine with you. I understand your standpoint. But for the most part, I think, you know, in in this country where people always make mistakes and um, nobody's perfect, to see guys have the human element of maybe fall a little bit and then rise up again, um, it can be an inspirational type of thing. And I think those are three guys, like I just mentioned, who who have done that, and the general public can kind of relate to that for the most part. Yeah, the um, the the downfall makes him a goat, and I'm not talking the greatest of all time. I'm talking yeah. hero or goat. Yeah, mm-hmm. the comeback humanizes them. It does. You know, you, you, they get all this criticism at first. The Tigers, the Kobe's, the even the McGregors of the world. Yeah. Even Magic, Magic. Yeah. And you know, when you have this public figure. And it's almost like, ah, you had the world and you screwed it up. I would never have screwed it up. That's the way we like to react. Of course. To, right? And then, so that's like this, there's that trigger for a while that you just, you're almost like mad at that person for screwing up mm-hmm. what you wish you could have. And you're not screwing it up, mm-hmm. even though you might have if you were in their shoes. But the comeback humanizes them. And Tiger is in that mode right now. He has been for a bit. Uh, we'll see about a guy like McGregor who you bring up. And Kobe did that. Kobe did that for more than 15 years. Um, and and you, it was visual. You could see it, and, and you could see um, that he rebounded from that. And I, mean, I think can, there's an appreciation for that. Yeah, and I, I think uh, even taking it one step further, I mean, I think you're kind of seeing it now with a guy like Michael Vick. You know, obviously his his downfall from grace, and he's I mean, obviously nowhere near the level of you know you know the Kobe's and the Magic's and those type of players. But obviously, you know, his his he's facing it every single day. Here's the in, in, interesting part about that is Michael Vick doesn't have the chance to correct it in the spotlight, you know? So mm-hmm. the beauty of Tiger is he's healthy again, and so he can kind of have this comeback away from that and give us new stuff mm-hmm. and, and make us feel what we feel and rally around him mm-hmm. and, and change. He's changed. Tiger Woods has changed. Right. We can see that. That's clear as day. Yeah. Kobe happened so early, he could spend the rest of that making it up and, and, and winning us back over. And yeah. he did. And he did. McGregor might have the chance to do that too, correct? Uh, because he's still fighting. Yeah. Michael Vick almost doesn't get that, and that's why he still gets hammered. You know, they mm-hmm. they were going to have him, or you know, the whole Pro, the Pro Bowl, Bowl thing, yeah. and that became a big toxic conversation for many. One because of what he did, but I think two, he's we have no idea. Even though he he served this time, he did his time for that. He hasn't been able to rally us all around him again and show it in the public eye what he is doing potentially behind closed doors and so it's hard to win him over interesting it's really interesting how we feel about our sports heroes right or or people that we look up to or people that we think are almost like this godly figure we put them on that pedestal 
but we we almost like that's why I say about Tiger, man. We were just thirsting for Tiger to bring us back into it one more time. Of course, one more time, and now we're getting greedy. We want it more and more and more. Yeah. But bring us back in. He's been able to do that. He won the Masters last well, year. He's playing good golf, and and he, we're seeing a person that's changing in front of yeah. our eyes. And, and it's so crazy. We like him now. Well, and then the, the landscape of a sports fan is such a crazy one because we talk about guys like Kobe, guys like Tiger, guys like Conor McGregor who've had the adversity, but you know that people still cheer for them. But then you have like the perfect guy in like Tim Tebow, and people found a reason why to dislike Tim Tebow, and that's they said, true. I don't like Tim Tebow. I don't yeah. like the way he. It's acts. almost too good. So it's almost too good. So yeah. like. People can't have it both ways, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the, the, the life of a sports fan is definitely a unique and crazy one. Well, the life of a sports hero is as well. Yes. Uh, hey, when we come back, a little balling and falling to finish it up, uh, including a couple of buckets from this guy with the Jacksonville Giants. It's next on ESPN 690. We're live at Super Bowl 54 down in Miami. Today is, is one of the saddest days in my lifetime. It seems like a bad, a bad dream that you just want to wake up from. It's a nightmare. I know we all feel the same way about such a great, just a great leader, just a great champion, a great person. If you got a chance to know Kobe, you got a chance to really know Kobe, ain't nobody better, man. Well, that's Dwayne Wade, a hero down here in South Florida. And I can tell you this, in the NBA towns like Miami, this was such a, a powerful and big story as we were watching some of the uh, local newscasts last night. It was a big story all over the world, really, um, and, and here in the United States. One note on the Kobe Bryant front, uh, the Lakers and Clippers game, I think, uh, is Tuesday, just got canceled. Yeah, Clippers-Lakers game, obviously both play at the Staples Center. Sure, correct. Just got canceled for Tuesday. Uh, and you almost wonder, I had said earlier, LeBron James hasn't really chimed in yet on this. We saw him emotional on the tarmac when they returned. And, of course, you know, we're about to do balling and falling. One of my balling parts could easily be LeBron James passing uh, Kobe Bryant Saturday night in Philadelphia, where, where Kobe Bryant was from. Uh, but we haven't heard from LeBron. You almost wonder if he some of his wishes were, or, or some of the other players, but maybe LeBron's you know, opinion matters most. Uh, you know, in that organization, say, hey, I don't feel like I don't think we should play this game. I'll be interested to see if there's any backstory to that. But ESPN reporting that that game uh, will be postponed on uh, Tuesday. Clippers and the Lakers. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber with us now, and uh, we've only got a few more minutes. We're heading yep. to Marlins Park. We have opening night, which is basically a media night. We're going to catch up with a lot of the players in the Super Bowl, Chiefs and 49ers. So that's coming up tonight. Make sure you check out our coverage on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But we need to play some video coups because we got balling and falling, and it might only be balling. A lot <laughs> of balling. That was Austin Lane on Saturday night. I mean, tell us, <laughs> did you have fun doing it? Oh, first of all, it's not Austin Lane. We were still wish it's just it's Mr. Captain, Hot Stove. It, no, it's Mr. Stove Stove Top. Oh, Stove. Thank you very much for your attention. The contortionist. Because, you're, also, because you're stuffed AKA, in the box score. It is the contortionist because the, the way I can squeeze myself into every single category of the box score. Four points, two rebounds, a block shot. Yep. And a foul. And a foul. And a, foul. Yes, and a stepped on toes. Oh, oh hey, I, don't forget, I had an assist, too, as well. I had one assist, too. You did. That oh, was did you have an assist, By too? the way. Okay. Hey, you see that pump fake, too, right? That was yeah. very unselfish of you. Thank you very much. Because, you know, everybody wants to fire up a shot in that situation. Yeah. And Which, you by cannot. the way, that, that final minute of the game, when, when the game was in 
in hand. Yeah. Uh, the Giants scored two breakaway buckets before they got you the ball. Exactly. And like both times, I'm like, get the ball to the celebrity. Yeah, they, they weren't get slowing it to down, Austin. Man. What are we doing? Well, and listen, I'll, I'll just say this about it. It was it was a really cool experience, and actually, I, I kind of sought out Coach after the game and just went to go talk to him a little bit. And I just told him it was an absolute pleasure of number one how he approaches you know coaching um, those guys, but also just how they work. You know, because it, it's easy to see, all right, the Giants, you know, another, uh, they're champions for another year, and it, it gets over and over and over. It gets kind of mundane that the fact they keep on winning these championships. Yeah, four straight, six exactly. in the last seven years. But, like, what people don't see is they see the final product. But I, 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 I was thankful I got to see them practice. And, like, they treat practice more intensely than they treat a game because sure. a bunch of players are like, dude, this is, this is our game right here is practice. Because this is the best competition we can get is going against ourselves. So watching them practice and like every single bucket counts, man. And I'm telling you, like I thought a couple of fights were gonna break out. Every yeah. Once in a while. It's yeah. Like they take it super seriously. Um, it was just really cool to, to watch them work. And listen, they're at the top of their game. Anytime you can watch an athlete, regardless of you know what league they're in or what sport they're in, performing the best of their abilities, it's definitely a cool scene. And I was just, I was blessed to be a part of it. Man. It was fun. You're I'm only... watching the video by the way right now. Cause yeah. It's, just, it's glitching a little bit because I guess the file. I said it might be a little bit too big, so that's my bad. Yeah. But keep it rolling, Coos. It's okay. Oh, it might be just popped uh, up. We're going to get to the point where he scored a bucket. Uh, maybe we'll have to show it later in the week if we can get that part figured out. It might be too too big for the uh, system. But uh, anyway. Only six points away from topping Martineau in the all-time celebrity scoring list. So here's the thing. So you scored nine points in one game. No, seven. Seven and one, two oh. and another. Seven, two, and then I got goose egg. And then he got together. goose egg. So I played three recent. times. Okay. okay. But you were sunburnt the most recent one, so that's why you got no points. <laughs> yeah, and I hardly played in that game. Yeah. Yeah, no, you really did. That was a good game. That was a good game. That's why. Yeah, cool. But uh, but it is a fun experience. My ball was. That was fun to watch. It was the the Jacksonville Giants are great. Great crowd Mm -hmm. at a ring ceremony. Six championships. Yeah. Rasheen Mathis was out there too. He was. I joked with him and said, "Hey, Rasheen, I mean, I don't know who's the best." 13th man of all time. It, it's a close call between you and me and Austin right now. <laughs> so uh, it's a neat thing that I they vote do. Austin now. Oh, thanks, it's man. A neat yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're a prisoner you know, of the moment. Just gonna just gonna vote for this guy. Prisoner of the go, moment. I'm gonna I like go back it. and show my video. Brent, I mean, how many? He blocks, did things though, that you could assists? not do from what I was watching. Could you block a shot? No. There you go. I, but I remember rebounding a ball in the paint. Okay. Yeah. No. You. Yeah. I mean, you were scrappy. I was scrappy. You got scrappy. in there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I didn't see a three pointer go down. I'm trying to show your range <sighs> a little bit. All, All right, Brent. Well, well, I guess here's the ultimate indicator. If you really want to go back and forth, here. You're not going to dunk you. Better hit a three. No. I'm saying when the game was over, did they say, "Are you to come back for next week"? Because that's what I got. Okay. <laughs> By a couple yeah, players. That's just because Mickens and those guys like to scrap it up and get oh, okay. in the fight. So they, okay. they, they need a guy on their side. They wanted some backup. Okay, <laughs> yep. that's all that was then. I got you. I got you. Uh, all right. Hey, we'll push the video out there. I know we're having a little bit of trouble on our uh, our, our video feeds, but we'll get it out there so you, if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, Austin Lane scored all good, man. Ball the other night. All right, we're heading over to Marlins Park. Yeah, let's roll. We'll do it again from here tomorrow. We'll get some interviews lined up. And uh, we kind of kicked this thing off. I think a uh, strange day here at Super Bowl 54, no doubt, with the passing of Kobe Bryant. It's been a dominant discussion. It'll be an interesting evening tonight. But I think sooner or later the, the energy will ramp up down here in Miami as we get ready for this big football game between the 49ers and the Chiefs. You can see that game on Fox 30. We'll have coverage all week long, including tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30, and right here on ESPN 690. And don't forget, if you want to rent his pizza party for the big game, with ESPN 690, 30-second commercial, call Star Star 690, leave it right there or on any of our ESPN 690 uh, social media channels. 
Austin's going to deliver the big pizza. I got you. Yep. The keywords you have to use, Rennes, pizza, party, ESPN 690. So four words. You have to use them. You can't use Super Bowl. 30-second commercial about your party that you're going to have on Sunday. Go do it. You've got a homework assignment. We'll announce a winner on Friday. All right, guys. We're out of here. Yeah, we're out. Uh, we'll see you on TV tonight. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Done. Thanks, who's back there. We'll see you on CBS 47 at Fox 30 in a bit.